No, I would totally look at Kane's hairy ass. Is it hairy? I, I, I'm i going to Google it. Okay, Henry and Cusick. Ass. Everyone and welcome to May We Geek Again, a little dumb podcast covering a show called The Hundred. Um, this week is our forty-third episode, and we are covering ep- season five, episode five. I am joined by my lovely co-host Shaheen. Hey guys. And Bubs. Hi. Hi everyone. Hey, how's it going? Hi. <laughs> that was a really bad call and response. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hi. In case you guys hear any noise, by the way, that's Theo ex- just realizing that she loves the blinds. Well, yeah. Because oh, well. they make noise, so obviously. Because she can smack at them and they they <laughs> dangle and she loves it. So I don't know they why it took her. her so long to realize this because she always hangs out on the sill. Now she has a new discovery, and it's fun, and it's loud, and it's going to wake you up in the middle of the night, terrified. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Um, you can find us on Twitter at May We Geek Again. Um, this episode will be posted on Reddit um, around the same time that it goes up on SoundCloud, which is probably where you found us, but maybe you listen to us on iTunes, whatever. Um, come yell at us on Reddit. Come yell at us on Twitter. Um, Tell us how unprofessional we are or, like, have, you know, appropriate deep thoughts. I don't know. Like, it's kind of a mixed bag. Um, What are you guys drinking tonight? It is National Wine Day. Well, since I can never do anything right, I, despite you (laughs) messaging me. you're on brand. You're on brand, at least. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I got this super cute beer that I picked purely by the label because it had a really cute robot on it. And it's called Save the Robots. Which I thought Shaheen would like, and I sent him a picture of it, and he's like, why would you think I'd like that? What the fuck, Shaheen? Uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Ouch. Sorry, I was just taking out my frustration on, on Bob's because my paper was rejected. But Oh, no. Uh, oh, went out. I, I'm so I had sorry. A question. I'm sorry. That's fine. Thank you. I had a question, though. What happened to the wine subscription? Hmm. I used the last one on our last pod. I thought I was going to have one per episode, but I didn't, like, count in, like, the pods <laughs> that we were doing. So I So is out. Drunk Bubs going to order more tonight? No. Um, Sober Bubs keeps forgetting to cancel the subscription. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we're at. So if I put in zero effort, they'll just keep coming, except for the fact that I have to go pick them up at the UPS place, which uh. is in, like, where it's, like... Is, do you have to go to like fucking Gowanus or something? No, it's um, it's Tenth Avenue and Twenty Third. Wait, oh my god, 14th, that's such, such a pain in the. I mean, at least you can take the M twenty three over there, but like that is the longest bus of my life. <laughs> anyway, what are you drinking, Shaheen? So I almost picked out um, what I believe was some pretty trashy <laughs> sweet red blend or whatever. Okay. Which they didn't even say like what year or whatever. It was just said red like, wine. It said red blend. So I think it was like a bunch of different wine and it, like it, they didn't even know what year. That's um, a thing. Anyway. Um, but then I noticed in the next shelf this amazing crazy looking bottle of plum Fuki, and it's called 
and and they put a hyphen there to make sure people don't, you know, have like a sudden like a trauma Plum looking fuck? at the bottle, because it's like it's, it looks like it's saying fuck or fuck fucky. Um, so they put they put a hyphen there anyway. It's some Japanese wine. It says one hundred percent produced and bottled in Japan. And it's grape wine with plum flavor. How is it? It's pretty awesome. <laughs> well, I, I was inspired by your plum wine, Shaheen, and Bub's telling me that I should do all of the substances tonight um, mm-hmm. because we, we shall not talk about the other substance, but, 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 but frequent listeners know. Um, so <laughs> I, have, I, I have a thing of... Um, unfiltered sake that I picked up from Costco in a really pretty pretty frosted pink bottle um, and it is in my Yeti so it does not get too hot so drinking mm-hmm. drinking sake out of a Yeti um, class in it where'd you get that Yeti we got the Yeti over Christmas once with my girlfriend's parents who we no longer speak to but we still have the Yetis oh yeah can I just say for new listeners um, the can we mentioned the whole shit show about when i got drunk oh my god which time (laughs) i mean there was that one time where the whole thing came from where it was like you started giggling uncontrollably (laughs) i'm not sure what happened but that became like a like an um class like a classic episode yeah, I feel like we tried like, to get you drunk so many more times, and you put up with it for a minute, and then you were like, "Guys, I feel horrible." Yeah, I can't and do I just gave it up at some point. Drunk. <laughs> I gave it up at some point, so we're back. This is you know back it's by National popular Wine demand. Day. You're a drunk, patriot. Drunk shine. I had no idea. So there's some sort of tele- I believe in telepathy. Mm. See, something. Yeah, because was... I had no idea. I also one day I remembered. One day I woke up and I and I thought this is I swear to God this happened to me. I one day woke up and I thought, uh, what day did did Nietzsche die? And I looked at the calendar and it was that day. Fuck, man! What day did Nietzsche die? (laughs) I have no idea, but I I I swear. (laughs) But you had that moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, So anyway. Well, on that philosopher note, that actually is a nice segue into what we usually talk about on the podcast, which is some philosophy, some ethics, and a fair sprinkling of dick jokes. Hmm. Um, today, we will be covering, as I mentioned, 505, Shifting Sands, uh, written by Nick Bragg, who, um, if you weren't following much in the show news, on Monday, basically like half the fucking writing staff like announced... like. <laughs> Welcome new writers to season six. P.S. I'm I'm out of here. Deuces. And so we lost a fuck ton of writers. One of them being Nick Bragg, which is sort of a shame because this was his first it's solo. It's a shame now. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a shame now. Like it was his first solo episode, and it was great. And it was fantastic. Um, directed uh, by Omar Madha, I guess is how you pronounce it. Hopefully, we are not horribly butchering um, your name. I'm, but I, hey, I'm if... guessing that's a like a an Arabic. The. How would you pronounce it? Madha? Like some kind of like a TH, I think is Mata? But I mean their first name sounds Arabic, so I'm guessing. Like you know how like Ramadan? How do you mm-hmm. say Ramadan? Well yeah. how would you how would you pronounce his name? Uh well I'm Persian, so I would just pronounce it like a Z, which is also wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I can't do it the Arabic word. It's something like a TH, it's like the Mata kind of sound. Mata. All right. 
Well, yeah. good job this week, ep- this week, Omar. <laughs> that's we're just gonna go with that. I hope and that's right. Hopefully, hopefully, I copied down the Wikipedia article correctly. Like maybe it was somebody else entirely. Um, all right, let's get into our uh, overall takes of the episode. Um, let's start with you, Shaheen, since you had feelings about the entire series of episodes up to this point as i had a rough time yeah. up to this point yeah and I, I was glad to wake up to an all caps text for me saying <laughs> you loved the episode i was like great great so i uh, i really liked it and i think that maybe now that the all the premises are set up now that we're done um you know laying out the groundwork um from now on everything is downstream from here and i think that um, if this episode is any indication, I'm going to like the, re- uh, the rest of the plot is fine. Like I can enjoy it because I had issues with how we got here, how it was justified, everything that's happened in the past six years. But um, I guess it's now that we're just seeing what happens as a result of that. Everything seems fine to me so far. So okay. and and I also think that they, I liked how they introduced some layers and complications this episode that I really liked and I and that could potentially make up for some stuff that I previously didn't like. So um, yeah, it was pretty good. I liked it and it was very intense. Like the the there was so much happening and when I was taking notes, I had to keep pausing and going back and just I was like in that not two seconds something was said or something happened that was that I also had something to say about so um yeah it was pretty dense I liked it awesome what about you bubs um I loved it I totally agree with the whole intense part um I think a notable moment where I felt like yes (laughs) was like for example when um Clark is pulling the the leech snake thing out of Octavia mm-hmm. and then they get the radio call and it's like <laughs> all the shit's yeah, that going was on. Awesome. And, and Belle's it, like, no, no, no. Yeah, they're like, like I you think can we get that. Beat. What? Yeah, that could have been, they could have waited to have that in a separate scene, but that was happening. All that shit is happening at the She's same like, time. She's like, I felt like so you, can, so you can take meta. your call. Yeah, I felt like it was so meta because it's just like the show, there's always so much shit going on. And like that moment, they like especially highlighted how much shit is always going on. Um, And I really appreciated it. I was like on the edge of my seat, like the whole episode, basically. Um, So, yeah, I loved it. Um, I loved that there was horror. I loved that there was humor. Um, Obviously, the suspense and like and, and still they had like time for the character moments, which I just like wanted to cry about because it, as much as like the exciting stuff is awesome, like it has no impact unless you're feeling it through the characters and like all the things that they're going through. So I just think that it was so ni- it was like such a nice tight episode um, from covering like all the bases, basically. I, I I fully agree, and the only thing that I will add to that is that like I got to check off yet another um, super fucking overt reference to aliens off my list. Um, we got a full yes. on like we didn't we didn't just get the little thing crawling around in his belly. We got a full on chest burst, which <laughs> an expectoration, yes. an expectoration, an explosion of worms and guts and grossness. <laughs> um, it was great. It was great. Um, so yeah, um, let's let's kind of dive into the episode. 
Um, so for covering the episode, I think we're going to go semi-chronologically, but um, I'd like to first kind of spend a little bit of time with one crew, jump back to Allegis for a bit, and then like after we get to sort of the Murphy escape, um, we'll head back over uh, to one crew again for some reunions and Bubs's um, trademark, what are they... Balarctron microscope. <laughs> well, that... so then should I not talk about any of that stuff that's in the one crew section? No, no. I mean, like, definitely, definitely talk. O- I think we're talking about Are mostly... we putting this first so that I'm less drunk when I talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can talk like... about everything except for the reunion kiss. Because okay. that's, that's like, the big the big okay. thing that I'm waiting for you to, like, slur the us about. Kiss. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Um, So, yeah, so the episode kind of started out with um, uh, everyone in the ruins of Polis and Miller shading Clark when she tries to talk to him and them trying to, like, convince Octavia that, you know, it was, uh, you know, that they should fucking listen to Clark. Like, after six years, like, has Octavia, like, forgotten to fucking listen to Clark? But that's sort of a separate (laughs) issue. Um, What were you guys' thoughts of that, of, of, of sort of that... Let's gear up to march into the desert and probably die. Shaheen? So um, the whole thing with Clark and Bellamy getting themselves into that trip. So were they going to leave them behind before? Yeah, I wasn't sure of that either. So they somehow made their way into the group. But their packs were already packed. Like Indra had already like packed them juice boxes and people rations and... But it wasn't. It wasn't for sure that those were for them. She just said like there are um, packs and with rations by the door. Like I see. as if they, yeah, someone someone was in charge of packing the lunches and everything else, and just like <laughs> put fucking a pile. creepy Kara. But yeah, I don't. I don't remember what the plan was. If um, Clark knew that they were going, she just didn't know that there was going to be a scouting party going first. But like the plan was always to go with them, or maybe that was just like something that materialized right before things started moving and she was more focused on like um, the medical side of it with Jackson. Yeah. Like, and the whole like thing with Miller and like them, like when Clark is like, listen, I've been there before. And I feel like we got some really interesting sort of more of a look into the Kara Cooper as sort of um, like just a yes man, basically to anything that Octavia says, whereas Indra, you know, is sort of challenges her a bit and is, you know, like, hey, you know, asking important questions. I feel like this episode, given the contrast that we had with what Dioza sort of converses with Kane about, um, sort of really shows the difference in leadership styles that Octavia has where she has absolute rule and doesn't feel like she needs input because every time she says something, she has somebody like Kara saying, that's a great idea, Blood Reina, um, versus... Right, I mean, Octavia is, I think, the first leader on this show who is actually a truly a totalitarian leader. Mm-hmm. I um, don't I know. Think, what about Nia? What about... Um, well, our- well, I... I don't remember... I don't think we got to see enough of Nia's sort of process. Like, Mm -hmm. decision-making process. But but she disagreed with um, uh, Roan, for sure, and let Roan criticize her. Um, Well, but it was her son, though, and he was exiled. So possible right. extenuating circumstances. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm willing to put Nia on. She struck me a bit more like Dioza 
in her sort of shrewdness, I feel like Octavia's hubris is going but to like, be a problem. It's, it's like she'd snap her fingers and say, like, let's blow up Mount Weather, and people just went along with it. She, like, she did have this, you know, she had her, her army, let's march to Polis, and they did it. Like, I didn't really see thought behind that other than, like, getting, going after power. And so... I mean, she was definitely... The so line, there's... One thing, it's one thing, there, there are a few things going on. One thing is the structure of power, which in the case of Nia was, of course, a monarchy. So, she, you know, she was a queen. So, yeah, of course, it's a monarchy, which means she's the ultimate decision maker. Um, but then there's the leadership style, which is, you know, even if you're a monarch, um, you still, how, how much input do you allow from people around you how much do you let people disagree with you um, in your close circle before you make your decision um to so just so that you hear the different sides um Mm -hmm. and i think that different leaders do this to different degrees and so you could be a monarch or you could be a president or whatever and you could have this authoritarian style of not listening to uh opposing input um or you can be any of those things and and have this attitude of um you know i want to hear at least hear what what is the best argument for for not doing what i think is right mm-hmm. um, and i will allow maybe even if you're ruthless or you're um i think there are there have been some dictators who were in didn't tolerate disagreement or dissent in the general public but they still had someone uh, in their, you know, close circle mm-hmm. who would tell them otherwise. I um, think Roan was yeah. more like Dioza than Nia. I mean, I don't of... think we saw enough of Nia. Yeah, I think that's fair. We did not see enough to really, like, make a, a judgment call either but just way. sort of how she interacted, like, she seemed le- she seemed more calculating, I think, and less rash. Because, like... You know, Clark is trying to explain, hey, there are sandstorms full of fucking glass that are going to stab you. And Octavia's like, cool, we're going. And you're like, and like, you know, Indra's kind of there to sort of walk this line of like pumping the brakes or whatever. And like, you can definitely see quite a bit of conflict. But I wanted to say when you said Indra disagrees with Octavia, she never actually expresses disagreement. But she can't. But you can see she's very unhappy. Yeah. It's very clear. That's kind of what I meant. I don't think Miller's happy happy. either. You don't? Sorry, what? I I was actually surprised to see like, I didn't think Miller was buying it from the get go. But then everyone's like, oh, Miller has the Kool-Aid. But like, I thought, like, the fact that he he's like, I think we should listen to Clark. I think that he is kind of, like, with Indra in the sense that they're both, like, they don't want it to be the way it is, but it do. <laughs> um, like, they... Miller's with Indra? Um, in the sense that, like, he... If he could choose for it to be a different way, he would prefer that. Like, he would prefer to live on a farm with chicken with... Jackson or something, you know. <laughs> That's interesting because I didn't see any evidence of that. It seems well, like he's he, full like, on Kool Aid. I don't think so at all. But like, apparently, I'm the only one who feels that way. But I think for me, well, what um, is the evidence? What is the textual so evidence on when, the screen? Um, in the last episode, or no, in the second episode um, that focused on the bunker, the scene where we have the flash forward to present day, um, when they were panning around. 
everyone took it as like Miller like being all about it. But like when I watched that scene, I was like, oh, he's not like he's not with it. Like he's he's going along with it. But my impression was like immediately just like, oh, he's he's one of the ones that's not into it. Um, And then from there, like this last episode where, yeah, he didn't listen to Clark. He was like just walking away from her. But um, eventually he did listen to her in instead of being like, no, these are the orders. He's he took her to Octavia and said, we should listen to Clark. Um, And so to me, it's it's, you know, like Octavia has such a tight hold on everyone. Like if you disagree with her in any sense, you're going to be put in a pit to fight somebody like there isn't room to argue. (laughs) There's like, you know. That's kind of the sense that I got. Which is why I love the moment, and I'm kind of jumping a little bit ahead here, to the fireside where Indra, like, specifically sort of calls out Octavia and is like, I love you. Does that make me weak? And you Mm -hmm. can see Octavia, like, she gets a little choked up about it, but, you know, she kind of gathers herself and, you know, is respectful. She still is. Like, she's... You see the flashes. God, What does she call Indra in that scene? Seda? Seda. Was that... I think it's second Hedda. Seta. Hmm. Oh, interesting. I took that it as second Hedda. That's interesting. I guess I guess. Did we you could... look it up on the Trigger Slang? No, I just like I just assumed that that's what it meant. <laughs> <laughs> so no research went into it. I was just like Seta. It's like Hedda, but with an S, like second. <laughs> um, if I'm right. Ha. Huh. So so if we go if we go into if we follow them along into into the into the desert. And sorry, sorry. Can I just say I just looked it up, uh-huh. and it says "seda" means teacher, instructor. Okay, whatever. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Which is interesting that they didn't have Lexa call Titus "seda." No, but he was flame keeper. But she called oh, him she... teacher. teacher. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It depends on how many paychecks um, David J. Peterson gets. So. I see. Well, no. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. Because it's it's um, Oct- Lexa was like full on grounder. She had nothing to prove. Octavia is like faux grounder. You know. So she's using the lingo. She's using every. Yeah. She's trying to be part <laughs> of the. That's right. Like over <laughs> overusing the idioms like that yep. Italian teacher who like uses too many. Oh my god! Yep. English <laughs> idioms. Hola. And you're like okay. You're just the substitute for. Fun. Fuck's sake. Exactly. Um, let's let's get into some desert fireside chats before we get to some worms, if that's if that's cool. Since since we have some good Balark shit, we had some good cannibal shit. Um, do you guys want to do Balark or cannibals first? Uh, cannibals. 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 All right. What's your what's your beef with cannibals, Shaheen? So I I'm very conflicted. Like I can't of your love of it because it's awesome. No 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 mm-hmm. no. I I definitely I want it. <laughs> Let me be clear. I want cannibals. I want cannibals. I mean, look. Here's the thing, though. Okay, I have. <laughs> okay, I have so much on cannibals. Okay. So here's the thing. Okay. I want cannibals for logical reasons. Okay. Because Can we just I think make that, sure to make a note of this, Bubs, so that you call it out in our notes. I want cannibals <laughs> for logical reasons. Yes. I want cannibals for logical reasons, which, you know, because I think that it, it lends more um, credibility or support to the whole fucking arena thing. Because I think the arena was kind of stupid. That was one of the problems I had. And, mm-hmm. and if there's if they're going to eat the dead, that kind of makes a little more sense. 
Um, now, but okay, why? So that, why does it make it more sense? Um, I'd rather have my meat like not pre-preferated. I mean, to be fair, that's not the issue. I actually take issue with the point. fact that it's probably flushed with adrenaline and probably doesn't taste as good. Yeah, tough. <laughs> that's a great point. Like nobody wants tough, like because that's the thing. They've, stuff. Like they figured out that um, beef and like pork and everything tastes better when the animal is calm. And they actually, I can't remember the name of the woman, but um, she's autistic and she actually developed. Oh, um, um, Temple Graydon. Yes, she Graydon. developed. Uh, uh, a better way to sort of lead animals to slaughter so that they're not stressed out at the time because the flush of like adrenaline and cortisol actually makes the meat not as good. And mm-hmm. so, you know, not to be whatever, you know, Kara Cooper, cannibal <laughs> chef, top chef, um, <laughs> you know, I, that's not, that's not the best way to sort of um, uh, cure or uh, prepare, prepare your meats. Like, I would expect them to just be, like, cool. Like, maybe they have, like, rock, paper, scissors or something in the in the, in the the fights. Or, like, maybe it's just a fish fight and nobody actually dies. But if you well, lose, then you get, like, what, like, you get put in a veal room. Battleship. Or fa- farming exercise. Something. Like, I'm just saying. Hopscotch. But like, anyway. So anyway, sorry. Just my, my thinking was just that, like, if the arena was just a, a deterrent, um, it's clearly not justice for me. It's it's deterrent, and if it's supposed to be deterrent, um, why would it have to be death? And but if the the idea is well, because then every time someone commits a crime, we get food, mm-hmm. then that makes it a little, that makes a little more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how that's how I was thinking about it. Um, uh, I don't know if that makes more sense for me because I just assumed it was kind of like arc law. Um, low resources, you commit a crime, um, you have a chance in this society, you get one chance. Um, I still think it doesn't, it should, you, you should get to choose your poison in terms of like how you compete against people right? and like chooses you, you, the same kind of thing. You compete either in chess or, you compete you know, at, like you can best, take, what yeah. is it, like double dare, like you can like either take the question or you can take the physical challenge. Exactly, exactly. It should be double dare. <laughs> You can hold your breath underwater and that you get bonus points. Right, exactly. Like, you know, you, you put the flag down your shirt and keep running. Is that anyone <laughs> who watched Double Dare? No. <laughs> but so, okay. Sorry, go ahead. Try. Sorry, what are we talking about? I don't know. We're talking yeah, about okay. cannibals. So, yeah. I want cannibals for logical reasons, but um, I'm worried about one thing, which is I'm worried that they're keeping the cannibalism to reveal as this huge shock and like except none of us are shocked moral like outrage on uh, on some like later episode and there's an episode later that, that's called I feel like Clark called, and Bellamy are going to have a moment being like <sighs> I mean wouldn't you though because nobody prepared you for that you didn't have the dark year to kind of like lost in the andes up your hunger like they have an, an episode oh, like, later like in alive the dark year yeah. Yeah, I want I want that explanation. Like that's the actual part that I give a shit about. Like in terms of Clark and Bellamy finding out that they ate people rations, like that's just kind of like a little sprinkle on my cupcake because I just want them. But to yes, just, like, so that's exactly my point. Is that I'm worried that the writers are, or Jason is thinking that oh my god, this is going to be like the moral controversial or, or like the moral shock of the season. But then we're all going to be like, oh okay, well cool. A, a we kind of like we were waiting for that too long, and now it's kind of. 
And we're getting slow burned <laughs> too, too as little, fuck too with late. this cannibal shit. And, and B, like, it's not really that immoral. Like, eating someone who's already dead is not immoral. Like, I don't know. Like, it's gross, but, like, they're already dead, so, like... It's and, like, I mean, if it's your enemy, it's another thing. Like, there's, you know, during World War II, um, there were, like, especially the Japanese soldiers, sometimes they ate their uh, prisoners or their, their enemy. Yeah, but the Japanese were also starving, weren't they? Everyone was starving. I mean, the Germans were starving. Everyone was starving, other than the Americans. But Keeping um, it fat. <laughs> <laughs> On brand. But, yeah, I mean, but, like, I, like, it's gross and whatever, especially if it's your enemy. But, like, if how you killed them is one thing, but if they're already dead, if they died through means that you had nothing to do with or through just means or whatever um eating their flesh it's i don't know is that immoral like yeah you're not dealing with a moral agent at that point you're dealing with an object real real quick i would like to call attention the fact that we have already gotten through our like requirement of a 90s movie reference with alive um, and our cannibal yes. discussion that came out in 1993. So yes. I just wanted to like let our listeners, our frequent <laughs> listeners, know that everything's fine. Um, we also got the not to be whatever down. Oh, did I? So, I don't yeah. even notice that anymore. <laughs> check marks. Check check. Not to be whatever, but check check. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Continue. Continue with our cannibal rationalization. Yeah, so I want it for rational reasons, but I'm worried that they're going to keep it. They're thinking that this is going to be a huge deal and it's going to be kind it's of gonna a fall flat. I think that the huge deal is going to be when we see them make that leap, because I think that that's going to be a really like sort of tough thing to sort of accept that this is the way that it's going to be. And so I wonder why it was like why it's called a dark year. You know what I mean? Like how long how long of a of how long do you have to like sit in powwow and decide before you know you're gonna like make a people barbecue? And who knows that they're eating people barbecue? Does everybody know, or is it only like well, or do they okay? Rest? And here's the thing. Now I think that the the uh, talking about this episode specifically, I think the idea of uh, secret cannibalism was ruled out. Um, was it? Because of their chant? Yeah. But that could, um, it's like, I don't... It seems like they know. I and don't so know. If, so either the chant... So here's why I'm conflicted about this episode. Vis-a-vis cannibalism. <laughs> 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 because, because on the one hand, it seems like um, the chant before eating, that's suspicious. It sounds like if that is to be interpreted as cannibalism, then it means everyone knows. And everyone is very somber and respectful of food which you know might indicate okay someone sacrificed themselves for us to eat them or whatever mm-hmm. uh, on the other hand it seems like they they i mean they said this leave the dead and it seemed like kara was shocked she was pissed uh, that, that was some like, good meat well it didn't seem like she was shocked that like w- what about all that food it seemed like she was shocked with like this re- about the disrespect. Like, no, like, I read that really? completely differently. I, I read it as the disrespect the first time around, and it wasn't until people brought in the cannibal things that I was like, oh, that'd be hilarious if she's upset because they're like missing out on the meats. Yeah, that's, um, that's so totally when Octavia how I says read it. there's no time, is she saying there's no time to bury them or burn them, or is she saying there's no time I, to curate them? I think that there's that's no time the to strip the body of their tasty, tasty meats. There's, yeah. there's no time to do a nice 21 and salt it and, and smoke the, the meat. 
Yeah, like I, you know, what it, what do the rations taste like? I actually, we have a we have a Twitter poll going. I don't know if this episode will be up before it finishes, but like, what was what are they flavored? Is it barbecue? Is I it hear like, we taste like pork. The chewy chips. So whatever avoid. pork would taste good with. <laughs> right, but I mean, be. smoky barbecue, delicious, a nice dry rub. Um, you know, uh, maybe an Asian teriyaki sort of zing, sort of a little little sweet and a little spicy. Um, or you know, just a nice sort of eleven herbs and spices, a little KFC action. Like mm. I, you know, I have questions, but what, whatever, whatever. I guess I shouldn't <laughs> speculate about like what dead grounders taste like. Fine. So yeah, I'm conflicted. Like as far as like evidence on this episode goes, like is it saying no cannibalism, or is it saying is it giving more? saying support to the probably theory. cannibalism because i actually found this gif um and my girlfriend said that it's a reach but i refuse to accept it um <laughs> the the all of me for all of us chant there's actually footage of jeffrey dahmer uh known serial killer cannibal um who actually said uh about eating his victims um it made me feel like they were a permanent part of me which that's totally kind of what this chant kind of the way that I feel it like when when they say it and they you know they say it with all this reverence you know all of me for all of us like all of my body um you know going in and nourishing sort of the group of everyone um it feels it feels a little cannibally I feel like they're slow burning it and I feel like the big reveal is probably going to be the dark year but I hope Hmm. to your point Shaheen that they like make it that they haven't like slow burned us so long that like when it finally happens we're like yep or Next. like it'll or be fine they, if it's a surprise like, for the characters and not hopefully they don't expect so us. us to be like oh my god what a travesty. what a terrible thing we have been clamoring yeah. this forever <laughs> um yeah well so do we have anything else we want to say about cannibals um I mean, I think it'll be hilarious. If that's the case, I think it'll be hilarious when Bellamy and Clark find out because they're going to think it's gross. Although I don't, I feel like we shouldn't think it's gross, but obviously like I feel like it's gross, but like, is it that gross? It's just me. I was actually, this was just kind me? of a problem I had with the arc. I thought they should have done. Oh, I absolutely think anyways. they should have done At that. the yeah. very least, they should have desaturated all the bodies because they're in a closed system. They can't sacrifice any moisture. Yeah, like, like everything dehydrate them at to, least. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, dehydrate them. Um, because you're just leaching or, yeah, you're just like releasing all this you're moisture. You're sending you like a gallon of water have. out into space. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so point is also, I love that, that we can, that we can hear bonsai panting this whole time. I um, no, he's literally humping his blanket. I was going to bring it up, but I didn't want to interrupt anybody. <laughs> he's totally getting his thing on with his like side piece. It's really vigorous sounding. Oh, it, he, he gets really into it. Does he finish? Like he's fixed, right? He is fixed, but like, I think he finishes. <laughs> it's not like I take a close look, obviously. Um, I see it as like just a very cute stuffed animal thing that he does. <laughs> um, well, on that sort of well, campfire, you know, the testicles are not the only source of secretion. <laughs> God damn it! I don't think Do there's a lot of secretion <laughs> with the dog. Yeah, just because like I don't, I've never seen any of it. Well, moving along from cannibals and dog <laughs> semen, um, let's talk about Clark and Bellamy's campfire chat, since that was some, oh some quality. Uh, qu- was that quality, Bilark? Um I thought it bucks? was. Well, 
so this whole episode, um, every time they would like talk to each other, I was like, oh my god, they're talking to each other, and like it was the bar is pretty low. <laughs> I, well, it, there were two exactly. conversations. Which one are we talking about? I'm there talking was about one like, where from so it starts. There's with, one around the campfire. Yeah, there's that's campfire, what we're talking but, about. But like they they started okay. at like um, when Clark um, confronts Miller. And then Bellamy gets into it. And then they have that, like, uh, cute conversation where Bellamy goes, like, well, gladiator cult, what could go wrong? Um, so, like, that, like, kind of yeah. back and forth was fun. And also, like, for me, that scene um, with my electron microscope, for me, like, it was, like, Clark was waiting for everyone to leave to, like, talk to him. And I felt like that was, like, very apparent. Like, they were waiting to, like, talk to each other. Um, not about like crazes. anything romantic or anything like that. It was just because they like they have this connection. They they trust each other. Like they know that the other is is totally like what the fuck is going on, and they want to kind of like talk about it. Um, it's like Bellamy. I think he waits till Indra's gone to be like, was it just me, or were they about to like shoot me? Yeah, whatever which he says was some crazy bullshit. Some crazy bullshit, and like um, this is also part of like other things I have to say with like Bellamy and Octavia, but I'll say that later. Um, so, the campfire. They're also the only two people who are not cult members, so they kind of just sure stand back to kind of roll their eyes and They're be like, like okay, "Are you seeing well, this crazy bullshit?" And yeah, like, Indra like, from like, how the are you old enough, like, man? Bitch, it's me like, too. But the fact that like so much focus was put on them, like obviously, like I wasn't too. Um, <laughs> and so their little campfire scene. Um, I mean, it was really cute. Like again, I think for Bullarkers that like they're always separated, always, and it's just like it gets really frustrating and tiring and repetitive sometimes. So like the fact that they're together and working together and like from the not Hasht- the beginning of together. the season, hashtag together. Um, it's like it just it feels like we're getting something like someone accidentally gave us something that they didn't mean to give us is basically how I feel. Um, and I think like a lot of people on Twitter, when, when I was watching, like there was a lot of people who felt that way. They're like, Oh my God, they're talking. (laughs) So like, yeah, the bar is very low in terms of like them interacting. But like, aside from that, I thought the interactions were really good. Like she's Um, like straight up Amish with you guys now. Like Clark's going to show an ankle and somebody's going to faint. I mean, well, there was so for the, the, the part that was significant about the, the campfire was that, um, he says, um, surviving alone is like a huge deal, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Which Shaheen actually has a note about. We'll we'll get to in a second. <laughs> oh, okay. I was just gonna say it's cheesy. It's oh yeah, sure. It's yeah, totally. Um, and so, but like, like is like, uh, what can I say to make her feel good? Kind of thing. It's like surviving. Well, alone but he is he so obviously has questions. It is a like he thought she died, and there was no way that she survived. And, like, yet she is here. <laughs> so he's, at first it's like, oh, my God, you're here, yes. But then it's like, how? Like, how? of course you have questions. And, and yes, like, the nightblood. But, like, there's also, like, yes, the nightblood. But, like, what about all the other things? Like, how did you, like, put all this together? How And, like, how did you find the valley? How did, there's a lot of, like, things to answer because it is a good story. Like, how the hell did she survive? Anyways, aside from that. I kind of want to Bellamy just be like, girl, your hair. How did you do that? Never mind the survival, but the <laughs> Well, Well, he's seen it before. I'm not sure that he likes it based on, like, the last time he saw it. Um, But, like, so she goes, uh, he he asks her, like, how did you survive? And she goes, "Um, um, how did you survive alone? And she goes, I wasn't alone. And there's, like, this pause moment. And so from the Bullard camp, this is, like, she talked to him on the radio for 2,199 days. And so, and, like, there's that... 
in the jump scene in 413, um, she goes, I don't know why I do this every day. Maybe it's to stay sane, et cetera, et cetera. And so in a sense, like talking to him every day um, is partially how she got through it. Um, and so in that scene, it's like it does seem like she is going to say, like, well, I wasn't alone. And then she kind of like makes this weird face and she's like, I had Maddie. And then she's like, OK, I'm going to go to bed. Bye. <laughs> Here's my people um, rations. Yeah. And Do you want so, the rest like, of my spleen? I'm so full. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So that was like it was an interesting scene, to say the least. So I like the campfire scene i don't like the tent scene the what do you mean um, oh the the scene that came that came later yeah there's another conversation between C- clark and bellamy oh the and, okay and i the tent. there are people who had problems with that um but you go ahead and talk first and then i'll tell you like my thoughts on it so uh let's i mean since we were talking about the campfire scene yeah we can we can um, talk about the Bullard conversation then we'll get to sandworms because that's really the only <laughs> yes. thing that I care about in this entire goddamn episode. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when they're talking around the campfire, Clark says um, that bunker crew is impressive. The one crew is impressive. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I was definitely impressed when I Dioza saw that, was that, that scene in the desert, man. Say what? Dioza's impressed too. Like they're both, you can be both like right. we'll horrified get to that. and I have, impressed. Yeah. I wasn't sure what happened. But yeah, so like that scene in the desert, um, I say it's an ant colony. Bob says it's a March of Penguins. Um, I'm going to go with March of Penguins um, only because I have watched a lot of Planet Earth and that is totally what they do. All the male penguins. So the females lay the eggs and then all of the then they hang out for a while. And then when the males actually return, uh, they are the ones that incubate the eggs through the Arctic winter. Um, and it's fucking cold and the females are like, they're like deuces. I'm going to go, I'm going to go eat. Um, and so the male penguins all have their own little egg and they, they form this giant sort of huddle and sort of rotate around in a circle, like constantly like staying moving a little bit. And then slowly like ones from the inside go to the outside, Mm -hmm. like to keep warm or whatever. Um, which didn't quite happen with the sandstorm. You know, I don't think that you'd want to like rotate around. Like everyone just kind of seemed hell bent on protecting, um, blood Reina. But, um, I'm sorry, Shaheen, I have to, I have to go with the the penguins. Have you ever seen, well, you never seen any documentary on ants. (laughs) I mean, yes. That's the problem. Um, so, oh, have you ever seen ants and colonies um, like getting across a river or oh, getting across? Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. Getting across like a um, a bear, like um, if they come across, if they're walking on like a ledge and and there's a part that's broken, they form a bridge. Or if they they come across a lake, a uh, body of water, they form this ball of of ants that just kind of hold each other um, and they can dangle and they can like, like a, there's like a ball that's hanging from the ledges and whatever. It's, it's crazy. They're like living so Legos. We're going to have to ask this in our pod promo. Is one crew penguins or ants? Yeah. Okay. You decide. <laughs> anyway, Choose. it's super impressive. <laughs> and so, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, fuck yeah, they are impressive. So, and even Bellamy was impressed after that, right? He was like, that was the one time when he was kind of warming up to them. Well, sort of, but like, it was more like Octavia turned to him and he's like, you're about to understand. And then she made him one of her minions, basically. 
But he would have, I mean, he would have done it anyways. But at the same time, it was like seeing how everyone was kind of like who he was before, like um, always protecting his little sister no matter what. Um, and I think that's kind of like a weird perspective for him. To have these people who were like, yeah. like even more, like he still at least, like he would kind of do anything and protect her, but these people will like jump in front of her. They will like, and they won't even disagree with her. Like yeah. they just have blind sort of protection of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that introduces some layering to the whole one crew thing and not layering in the sense of like, um, good side and bad side. Uh, I kind of like that. It's not an issue of like, yeah, they have some good things and some bad things, but it's more like every society that's been on this show um, has something that keeps it cohesive and that explains why it's, you know, sustainable as much as possible. I mean, some of them are not sustainable, but uh, that explains why they're holding off, why they're they're holding on uh, as much as they are. And... Um, and then there, there is also an aspect that aspect of them that's perverse. Mm-hmm. So if you think about um, mountain men, Mount Weather, you know they they had a pretty good civilized society going. It seemed like they had a transparent um, organizational and leadership structure, and they had like civil society, and they had like they they had an education system and everything. Um, they were scientific in their approach. So they had something that explained why um, they can keep going and what keeps them together. But their um, perversion was that they depended on the suffering of some other um, mm-hmm. group of people. I mean, technically, they were the closest to our own society in that we kind of benefit from overused laborers overseas and in our own country. Yeah, we've talked about this before as how that could be a metaphor for like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you think about grounders, uh, also like they, they they have something that keeps them alive or keeps them going. And that's, you know, their strength and their toughness and uh, and their loyalty. Um, but they're, they're, their perversion is that they're too violent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, so like for one crew, they, they have this really crazy like, um, totalitarian cohesion that you can see how it could get you out of like it's the only thing that could save you in a sandstorm <laughs> um, but um, it's also perverse at the same time I mean interestingly it's the same aspect that's both what's keeping them alive and what's perverse about them this time so yeah um, can, we, can we go back about the worms we didn't talk about the Blark thing. I thought that's what we were talking about. Oh, wait, the campfire? <laughs> yeah, the, the No, the tent thing. Wait, were they talking before or after the worm? Um, uh, it was, I guess it was after. Uh, yeah. we, can, we can talk about the Blark shit. That's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, in the, well, because I thought, Shaheen, you were going to talk about why you didn't like the tent. Blark. Yeah, because, so what is Clark talking about? So she says, Octavia is not the only one who's changed. Yes. And then he's, she says, Had in heart. You, didn't, you didn't kill the cryo prisoners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You opened the bunker. You persuaded Dioza not to kill me. Mm-hmm. How is any of that 
um, something that Bellamy would not have done six years ago. It seems yeah. like he, he would have done all of those things six I, years ago. I That's agree. not evidence for change uh, in not, Bellamy. I agree with that. I think her calling out him not killing a bunch of sleeping prisoners, like that was a little bit of a low-key dig. Um, also because that was predicated on something that like directly happened caused by Echo. <laughs> um, so like that was like a very he wouldn't have done that before that incident. Um and so, like, it was kind of like, I understand the connection that they were trying to make, but, like, Bellamy was already not that person going into that. So I agree. I didn't even think about that, Shaheen, but I think that you're right that... Um, I mean, I get the point of the conversation. Yeah. She's trying to say that he's hard and head now because at the end of season four, she was like, be hard and head or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, it just doesn't... She doesn't present any evidence to support it well, like all the stuff that she says stuff that Bellamy would have done anyway I agree with in season that. two even like season two or season yeah. three I do yeah. kind of like that Bellamy was like well you know it ended up being like a, you know it was Pandora's box opening up that bunker and I was like oh oh so you you have time to check your your DVR from last week Bellamy you watched you watched <laughs> last week's episode and decided to be clever I thought that was funny too <laughs> um, it did feel kind of like on the nose but I think like so the part that I took away from this was not that at all, but so um, shortly after that, um, Clark says, what does your head say um, about two armies fighting over the last um, green space on Earth? And he goes, same as yours. So right now they're establishing they think that they're on the same page. They think they're both like the head and heart now. But I feel and, like and maybe while, that they're not. Well, so while Bellamy has like, grown a lot in space supposedly um like that beard yeah. <laughs> just shave it just we're still crying it. about it i, I mean he, he still good. he looks great he looks great he could look so much better though <laughs> but he's still like hotter than like 99.999 percent of the planet but like <laughs> jeez <laughs> it just it could be better Anyways, um, so I do think that this is a a moment, and I think this is what what I was talking about before, where all these, like, they're already working together, they're already, like, seem to be, like, so in sync, it it looks like they just fell back into it. I think that that's priming us for them to kind of fall on their asses, because they're not on the same page, and they haven't realized that yet, and that was, like, that little moment when they were, they were like, well, same as yours, and they don't actually say Say what what they're thinking. So I think it's I think that moment it was all about that like it was all about uh, that them establishing that they think they're on the same page, and we're about to see that that's not the case and and that has to do with like the reunions we see later um wh- like things are just not the same as they were before and it's it's gonna provide a lot of conflict moving forward. I like that it was like kind of like a like them claiming that they have like that they're both thinking of the same number, but neither of them saying what that number is. Yeah, they trust so much that they're on the same page because they they have always had this like intense like connection, um, and you can take that platonically. Um, and I'm, so I'm not they disagreeing. just they just like they trust and they like they have this like partnership, so they just think it's just it's they just came back and it's the same. And I just, it's Spoiler not, alert, like, they still have not. so much to, to rediscover and um, work their way back to. And so I think that part's going to be fun and very hard to watch at the same time. Um, but that's that's basically, all I'm saying is, like, that's what it was priming us to. And I think of it, it's, it did come off a little cheesy, but I think that was the point to kind of, like, put the flag in the, the dirt 
to say like this is what they think right now and it's going to be really funny later. So you think that they like kind of call it like that by having that bit of little cheesiness it's meant to sort of be a like fourth wall breaking almost yes. to like the audience of like this is significant. Put this in your cliffs notes. We're going to come back to this later. Well, I think it's 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 like the campiness of being like everything is flowers. It's almost like a commercial that it that's like why it's so cheesy because it's like this is what we are and it's just it's gonna make like the contrast that much greater when we see that that's not the case you know yeah yeah if we see that that's not the case turns out you disagree (laughs) yeah if we see who knows or i don't know i'm just just a silly shipper what do i know spoilers we don't know (laughs) oh you shippers um while we're talking about Clark and Bell, I mean, can I just say real quick? Yeah. I like their shock and bewilderment at, at like, Octavia's new persona. Right? Yes. Um, that's, like, I've my favorite. About that, but yes. That being said, I think that sometimes they go overboard with that. Because, like, that one time when um, Octavia's guards pulled guns on Bellamy, I thought that was very normal. That's something, like... That's something that Lexo's guards would have done too, or whatever. Like, that's not something to roll. But they never saw it from Octavia. They never. Well, she's now the leader. She's never been the leader. But they've never seen her be the leader. So it is like for them, it's startling that she has this like army that's ready to just do anything, basically. But they roll their eyes like, "What the fuck." Well, be it, it's just Whereas like, it's her it should brother. Be like, oh it's my god, you're some... now the supreme leader. That's crazy. Congrats. No, but it's, <laughs> I, How did I think that it's happen? Like... <laughs> it's her <laughs> brother. But if you are the supreme leader, of course your bodyguards are going to pull guns on me. I think that like you, you would expect to be like, dude, we know each other. Like we're we're cool. Like I'm her brother. Like you don't have to yeah. like I am not a bodily threat to her. Um, You'd think that, the like, guards would respect that, their, like, familiar connection, and that right. Bellamy's and not a risk in any form I feel Octavia. like I feel like if it had just been Indra in the room, for example, she knows Bellamy. She knows their relationship. Oh, but the fact she didn't that, raise like, her gun. The fact that there was, like, not a memo sent, like, that. I think that they were shocked that Octavia never sent out a memo being like, hey, these two people are cool, you know, don't pull guns on them. I think that that's probably what surprised them, that they were treated like any Guess other passes. outsider. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. But, you know. Well, I think I, also for them, it's they didn't buy into this cult. That's not part of, like, they are outsiders. But, like, the fact that they are being held to the same accountability as the rest of the cult members is kind of like that's scary that's very scary because they came to save them and now they're kind of they're in a sense they're held hostage a bit and like i mean and by i feel being, like they're free to leave but if they're gonna stay they have to like obey all of the batshit so like because we know it's we know the teaser for next episode is um dioza trying to kind of seduce people away which i love I and love that. if bellamy and clark were to leave or try to leave what would Octavia do? Like, I don't think that she would be like, fine, go. Like, I, I don't, I think that I, she would have a problem with it. But why, though? Why would she have a problem with well, it? Well, that's what I'm, uh, she shouldn't because they're not part of the cult. But, like, I do feel like she, I don't know. I don't know if it's because she does want her brother to be there. Um, and by keeping Clark there, she thinks that she'll keep both of them there. I don't know. But, like, 
I it to me it does kind of feel like they're prisoners, and Bellamy just is only slowly realizing it mm. because. It, you know, it's his sister, and he's given he like the, my notes for this the episode with Bellamy and Octavia is like it was so fascinating seeing him kind of like little by little, just like the horror rise and rise and rise and rise in his eyes, um, till that last point where um she like pulls him in and it's this tender moment until it's not, um, and so <laughs> I it is kind of like a, a frog sitting in water while it slowly boils. Um, in terms of Bellamy in this episode with Octavia, is he's kind of suddenly finds himself in boiling water. And I, I don't know that he can walk away, whether he I, wants to or not. And I think that the interesting thing about him finding himself in boiling water is that you don't actually notice the the water getting hotter until no. suddenly it's a bit too late. You're like, no, hmm, this is pleasant. Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um... um. Speaking of boiling water, now can we talk about sandworms? <laughs> yes. <laughs> sandworms. Um, I, so the last time we kind of had a horror episode was 412. Was um, that demons? No. Yes. Yes. Um, and so I think um, I love that Wait, we did Wait, demons was 312, episode. wasn't it? Oh, 312. Season, yeah, season sorry, three. sorry, sorry. Yeah, we didn't um, have any. I don't think we had a horror episode really we didn't. in season four. We didn't. The closest was, um, what was it? The, fuck. The one where um, that guy who wasn't Emory's um, tormentor. Uh, give me shelter. To, yeah, because there's that, that one like break-in moment where it's like, the dun, dun, dun. inside the house. Yeah. Um, but no, I wouldn't call that horror. But this was like classic 90s horror. <laughs> or 1978, I think, I think is when oh, the first Alien is that movie when, came Oh, out. that was so long ago. I know, it's fucking it's old. Um, but yeah, uh, we got something crawling around, we got a chest burst, um, we got oh it God, attacking it so Octavia, good. we got the lone worm put in a jar. Um, Chekha's worm. I know, like, I kind of hope that, like... The, like, I feel like we also got one with Vincent, um, you know, like him mm. trying to palm scalpels and always being creepy. So I really hope that somehow, like, maybe they use the worm on Vincent. Like, that's the two ways that they can, like. I kind of want Clark to um, to season three chip someone like Emerson. With the worm? Emerson with the worm. But maybe that could like, be Like, just Vincent. straight into the, into the. Into the neck? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm into it. Um, you had <laughs> beef with the worms, Shaheen. Outside of your well, actually. Yeah, yeah. I I don't get the the worms. So the worm spends about like two minutes in the person's body. No, he fell asleep. It, we're I think we're supposed to assume that it was maybe like a little while. Okay, a few hours. How, what is happening in those in that time? Like, I think it's like it a. It can't leech. be reproducing that fast. No, 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 I think it's. Well, it had to. Have what is the point of the parasite? Usually, of the parasite enters the host's body hmm. in order to use the resources of the host's yeah. body to reproduce. But this this worm gets in your body for like okay. two hours and then like gets out. Like, what is the? Point let of me it? set the let me set the scene. So, <laughs> um, think of like a zygote, like when a sperm fertilizes an egg and it starts to like rapidly divide. Um, so what I'm picturing is the little tiny worm like bites its way in um, and it starts drinking the blood, which somehow sets off <laughs> somehow sets off some kind of like um, cell um, multiplying mitosis stuff. 
And it kind of just turns into more worms, basically. So they I'm just saying science words. None of this makes sense, but just think that about it. It's science. That was very convincing, Bubs. Thanks. That's like... Well, Thanks. but hold on. Getting, getting... That's more... I can... I, I'll give you this. That was more convincing that's, than something, something worm. <laughs> Because if you think about it, it's it's going after the resources. And, like, maybe when it gets a certain size, like, that's when it um, divides. Because, like, it's earthworms don't sexually reproduce. They asexually reproduce. Nematodes. So is here, that the right word? Here's my issue. Here, mm-hmm. Or not even an issue. Like, I'm just going to get rid of my well, actually, right now. Because this actually <laughs> is very relevant. It's a good one. It's a good well, actually. So... So I'm fully accepting of your asexual gestation and reproduction of the worms. Fine. Great. Mm-hmm. If we say, okay, the worm needs a host to do that, mm-hmm. right? It needs energy. That either means that there are other larger animals within the desert for the worms to find and to reproduce, or, and this is the more likely one, they cannibalize each other. I think they could be dormant. I think that the larvae maybe have, like, some kind of, they were crystallized in the glass, and so in storms, they could be, like, set loose, sort of, and they only have so many hours before they can find a host to survive. Right, and Um, that's fine, but I'm saying for them to reproduce, there needs to be a host, right? Yes. And so, assuming that this is not the very first time they wouldn't have larvae if they asexually reproduce. Okay. Um, But... It's I'm a just puzzle. saying that what this <laughs> This is like 99% head canon. Oh, what I'm this is shut this up, is head, I have this. I have this. Like, <laughs> is nothing. Hold on. I'm 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 going somewhere with this. So, what if they came with the leeches? This is where you, giant worms. God damn where it. You're going with this? <laughs> assuming that the worms need a body of, of of some sort in order to like gestate and 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 multiply or whatever. That means that they probably d- do that to each other in the sense of like, um, you know, trying to find, you know, progressively bigger worms, smaller ones trying to get inside bigger worms. They burst out of them. They get to live. They get to continue on, which probably means that there are larger sandworms out there. Maybe, but why? I don't, I don't get think why they could cannibalize each other sandworms. because how could they if not cannibalize eating? Like, but if they just burrowing like, into, yeah, but if they divide, and that's the way that they reproduce produce because like clearly only one snake went in them unless there's like a like a, a single line um single file line of snakes just going into that one hole um then no, one goes into one snake and bursts out 10 and then like i'm assuming no, but how is it bursting out 10 because i think that you're, you're pulling matter out of nowhere at a certain point like so the snake goes into the person and he's pulling the nutrients from the person and then can split because he has all those nutrients. So if those split but they need another host to split again, you're not really getting a bigger worm because what is this bigger worm eating to become a bigger worm? Well, then again, maybe they do eat each other then. And like it's a it's a like difference of I'm going to eat you before you can gestate inside of me. I don't kn- I don't know. I have a lot of worm questions. But I think that, like, <laughs> what if they came over on Allegis? Like, what if these, like, are alien worms that hit Shrek? Because Clark hasn't seen them before. Mm-hmm. And. Right. So, this is the other question I had. Like, how come Clark hasn't seen these before? Well, that's why I had my theory of, like, they were 
kind of like inactive in the glass and they needed kind of some kind of catalyst to become active. And she doesn't really go out in a, in a sandstorm anymore. And if she, she's always in the rover, first of all. So like, why would she be walking through sand? Um, so like, like I think there's, yeah, like a pleasant. So there is like plausible, um, I don't think deniability is the right word, but like there's there's a plausibleness that she never encountered them because she was never walking through the sand once they've unleashed themselves onto the sand. Um, I have a lot of worm questions. There's a lot of worm questions. And I don't think that they're going to be answered. I feel like the worms were a one off (sighs) minus the one in the jar. And that makes me sad. If only Kangata was still on and Aaron was answering questions. (laughs) Oh, God, we could totally ask. We could totally ask. Um. Do but wait, he's to... not going to be there because it's not a thing anymore. Because it's not happening because yeah. it was canceled. Um, do you guys want to take a quick break uh, before we get into the yeah. Allegis? Sure. All right. I want to get some chips. <laughs> Fucking stellar. <laughs> swear to God. Welcome back, everyone. Um, we took a weirdly extended break and went down some weird rabbit holes, and now we are back. And... Um, Some rabbit holes and a few manholes. Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's speak. Well, actually, that's actually a pretty good segue, Bubs, because we're we're moving on to the sexy Allegis crew. So manholes. Great. (laughs) Manholes. It was like playing T-ball. Fuck. Let's talk about uh, what happened. What happened there? Um, We got some overlap. Uh, We had Dioza shutting down a party. Um, we had her and McCreary having words about them used to do sexy things to each other. Um, I miss that. Like, so I rewatched the episode like several times and every single time I'm, I missed that they kind of confirmed that they had a thing going and I just saw it online. I'm like, I think they confirm. Like, what is this? Like, this is like non-canon shit that people are pretending is canon. And, <laughs> and then at one point, like in my rewatch, I finally heard the line where he was like, that's not all you thought I was good for, back on the meteor or whatever. And I was like, oh, oh, it's totally canon. I'm an idiot. <laughs> so I cringed at that. Okay, I, why? So were you surprised? You. Because no? I, I do think that they hinted at it, at the very least. Did they? Yeah. I can't uh, There's something like he, they like whisper to each other. There was like some hint of like intimacy. I just assumed. that I felt. I just assumed I mean, because McCrary, really. That was my one question. Was she, it like she can do better? She can yeah. do better, but like she's well, a lot of people can do better. Like, but here we are, who <laughs> like would do that and like would sort of use him in that way. But they sort of used and, each and other. And so, are we assuming that's his yeah. baby? Yeah. I think that that's a Which, fair does she know she's pregnant? I mean, you know criminal behavior is partially genetic. Anyway. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Setting that kid up for success. <laughs> Twin research study is so interesting because it does, like, show those inclinations yeah. and what's genetic. Anywho, um, let's see. Let's talk about kind of the biggest, one of the bigger moments uh, of, of the Allegis moments, of which there were many. Ugh, this is this is the second half of this episode is a disaster. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Vincent and sort Vincent. of that that whole thing because we or got, Winston we got, if you didn't get that Winston, right. Depending, Winston. I had Vincent in mind. That was my autocorrect. Um, 
So what is what's up with this guy? Is it just like what? Like he just has an uncontrollable. We have like polite serial killer murder shit. or what? I and then his like. It, I don't know that I also kind of had questions about that. And like part of me was like, is this something that he he was always a criminal, but like something happened when he was in the meteor. And now he's like he there's a demon inside him Um, or this is just uh, I don't know. I don't. It's very ambiguous. I really I want more answers. I I love the tropiness of like the polite sort of monster. Yeah, I was. He's good. He's he he does kind of sparkle on screen where you're just like so creepy, but he has that like that quiet, polite creepiness where you're just like, (laughs) oh my god, I can't wait to see him do something. (laughs) But like even even like the way that they costume and I feel like Jen called this out in the review in her review of this was like the the eyeglasses like holder thing. Mm -hmm. And like that's such like a humanizing detail. Yeah, and he's polite, so you don't want to see him as you and it's all on purpose. And he pretends that like mm-hmm. it's this thing that he can't control, but like that's part of his game. Exactly. Yeah, anyway, I like. I the don't detail. know. I'm calling bullshit on that. <laughs> you don't want him to like let the demon out at some point. Like, come on, that was like totally a like we're gonna see that this season. And then the caller, I don't know. <laughs> what? You never let me have any fun, Shaheen. <laughs> I'm generally a real plot person. What does he say? Wait, he didn't have a southern accent. Or but whatever it's that creepier was. that way. Or whatever you were it's doing creepier there, that way. I don't know. I don't know. All of my serial killers are southern. No offense to the south. Um, we also, in yeah. that scene... Sorry, did you have something, Shaheen? No, I was just... Um, so, this is another Chekhov gun, right? This, he's going to come back. Maybe. I hope so. Or, yeah. Like, you don't just give us those tidbits. What if, like, the the protagonists use them, him on their side, to, like, attack other people as, like, a tool? That sounds creepily plausible. Because it's kind of like... The story was that... Sorry, Mm -hmm. go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. I was just saying that, like, in terms of, like, sociopathy, it's not about appealing to someone to get them on your side it's about giving them what they want if they give him what he wants whether it's you know people which they have plenty of uh, apparently um then i think that they can easily utilize him and put him to work chomping on other people i mean yeah i mean it could be that he was just that it's just that dioza wanted to test abby because that was the story, right? Diozo was just testing Abby. Mm-hmm. And so maybe he won't come back. No, I feel like I we had casting back. news about him. And so, like, I think if he were just a one-off, uh, like, you don't have somebody who, like, can play that creepy and just be like, anyway, that guy who, like, gave you the heebie-jeebies, don't worry about him. I mean, he's <laughs> definitely going to die. Oh, for sure. Like, it'll be satisfying or scary yeah. or something. Or just funny. I'm, I'm fine with a pie to the face. <laughs> um... Full of those worms. Yes. Um, we also got in that scene uh, Dioza withholding Abby's quote-unquote medication. Pills. Mm-hmm. Her pills. Um, some some interesting strategy. Like, do we think that she knew when she was going to give her 
them back. Like, it almost seems like a very interesting power play, like, waiting. Because, like, she even came back again and, like, you know, was like, hey, have fun with your shakes um, before she ever gave her the pills. Um, do we think that that was, like, a little power play by Dioza? Yes. I, I, I do think it was... It's it's a little bit like of a Munchausen or not Munchausen um, Stockholm syndrome tactic. Um, wait till someone's suffering and be the one who gives them the respite. Yeah, I mean you prove your um, dominance and superiority. Because it's kind of and like Cain they didn't feel want... grateful to you, so yeah, you condition them. But is Abby not smart enough to like see through that ruse and just be pissed off about it? Well, but it's. It, it's not really, like, a, a rational thing. I, I think it is more of, like, a psychological, emotional thing um, in terms of, like, building this unwanted connection um, that starts to have an effect on you. So it sh- she is kind of playing Keen and Abby against each other um, because Kane doesn't want her to have the pills. Mm-hmm. But Dioza gave them to her. Maybe it's also that Dioza wanted to see if Abby could make a correct diagnosis while she's not on the pill. But does she like, care? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, you don't want your doctor to only be good if if she's on the pill. I mean, like, yeah, like, to see if eventually, like, she can maybe get her off of them. I don't know. Um, like, how is there Abby, just an unlimited amount of whatever drugs Abby's on? Yeah. <laughs> Like, Speaking of Abby and drugs yes. and, and her addiction, um, Marcus Kane is terrible at dealing with a partner with addiction. Like, well, so first of all, he scolds her for taking it and makes her feel guilty, which she shouldn't do. Um, and then he tells her to stop, which is also not a good idea. So it's I mean, just... How much, like, sort of addiction, spousal addiction, you know, training has Marcus Kane had? It's not like he has the internet to Google how to deal with it. <laughs> In the bunker. Maybe he, like, goes up to Indra or, you know, and see, maybe there's a support group. And Indra's <laughs> like, people are killing themselves or killing each other in the pit. And I am supposed to care about pills? Excuse you. <laughs> Basically. But, like, how are there so many? Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Shaheen. No, uh, that was it. But um, I mean, if we want to get into the sociopolitical aspects of things, like um, you know, we always talk about how this show represents different groups and how what image they give for um, treating different groups of people. Um, they wouldn't get a high score on the addiction thing, I would say, based on this this season. But I can also just see it as a story. You know, like you said, it's it's Marcus Kane. What the fuck does he know? But they don't it, have it to really. The story. They're not obligated to teach give us a lesson. Lessons to people about how to treat different people. Yeah, yeah I, I do appreciate. Like as much as I had issues with um, suicide in season four, um, I do appreciate that they don't get preachy about things. Uh, yeah. Like sometimes it pops up in fan fiction mostly. Um, and I'm just like, oh, again with the preachiness. How many times in like all of your fix author will you do preachy stuff? Um, so I do appreciate. So fanfic is basically preachy and. No, and no, 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 no. There, there's a lot of different. Preachy and banging. <laughs> a lot of banging. A lot of banging. But there's um, 
every author is different, and and different authors even a lot of the preachiness is easy to like overlook, but every author kind of has their own thing. Not all of them have it, but like there is some preachiness that goes on. Um, but I do appreciate the show for not doing it. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, though it would have been nice if we had a, it would have been a kind of again like anything else as as far as representation is concerned it would have been kind of a fresh breeze if marcus actually knew how to deal with this and he was using some of the what well what maybe that's yet to be confirmed tactics or whatever you know it could what? be yet Sorry, to be what? seen what what, oh, yeah. what would you have liked to like what would your ideal storyline have been or marcus kane's actions at the very least well i mean um I don't know, like, I, I know that, like, when dealing with someone who's addicted, it's important that they don't feel guilty about it, um, and there's, you know, they, they should recognize that they have some agency over it, and they should practice on increasing their agency as much as possible, but they should also realize that there's some underlying illness that they don't have agency over, so they don't have to feel like it's just something that they're choosing to do completely. So the, they have to realize that middle ground between like, okay, there's things I can do so I don't go down this spiral, but at the end of the day, it's not my fault. It's, a, you know, it's yeah. something that yeah. I'm inflicted with. So that's something that your partner needs to create. That's the feeling that the, your partner needs to create in you that, yeah, I'm here to support you to like try to exercise your agency as much as you can. Um, but not like make you promise to not never do it again and then make you feel guilty when you do it. Or, you know, like that's, yeah. but at a certain point though, like the family or the, the, the partner has to like protect their own sanity in dealing with it. So it is like a, it, it's just like a, a very hard thing either way yeah yeah definitely definitely a shitty slash you know dramatically enticing little tidbit that they have you know decided to throw into that story um and then we also sort of have these like alliances that are happening like within you know the new adult crew i guess because mccreary and um dioza sort of count i guess um so we have like dioza's uh you know Never have I ever like body shots or whatever with with Kane. What was all that about? Um, I don't know, but like I gotta say, like that plus you know, and when I'm, is the foursome? This is my question. That's what I was getting to, Bubs. I <laughs> sorry, you. I totally dropped the gun. I have no, no, no. no. I love that. When like, it comes to... I love that. That's what you interjected, and that it was correct. And I'm pleased. <laughs> I no apologies. <laughs> Um, no, I'm all about it. Like I'm sparks, all about it. sparks are flying everywhere. Like even, you know, drugged out Abby with, uh, McCreary was kind of, you know, sizzling a little. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I felt that. I felt that. And like. For some sparks. Yeah. I mean, all like, I feel the like they're place. in the woods. There's probably a hot tub somewhere. That's like what like old swingers do. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Not I mean, old. they were stuck me. in like, the bunker for you know. six years. They need to like reconnect, and maybe a foursome is how they do that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> there are worse th- ways to reconnect. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, so Kane and Dioza's conversation, we got a lot of like interesting information, especially about Dioza. 
Um, you have a note here, Shaheen, I thought, about Dios's. Oh, about... Yeah, before the conversation, yeah. the first... Or I guess it's, yeah, it's related to the conversation as far as the conversation was about Dioza changing her mind and deciding not to kill Octavia and mm-hmm. one crew uh, and possibly, potentially bring them in. Was that because she was just impressed with the ant colony slash penguin thing? Is that the only thing that happened? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little bit confused as to, like, how much they saw because, like... They launched the missiles, but I guess they went after the tents, but they had already left the tents and were just huddled in the sandstorm. Well, they had to leave the tents to hide, right? Right, but how did she know that they were, like, huddled in a sandstorm if she, like... That was the part they didn't show it, but supposedly they shot the missiles and after the fact maybe, like, did, like, a flyby to ensure that, like, Right, why didn't they shoot another one, That's what I'm saying. If they saw it. Uh... That part was a little unclear know. to me. Yeah. Um, maybe I, I, I thought that maybe they uh, they were able to see that something is happening in the sandstorm, but because of the sandstorm, they can't target it. Or maybe they, they thought the sandstorm would take care no of it. One da- Sorry, what? Maybe they thought the sandstorm would take care of it. Maybe. It was. It was a little. I confusing. think maybe they confirmed that no one died on, in the tents. And because they didn't find any body parts or whatever. And then they also saw spotted something in the sandstorm, but they were like, yeah, we can't target that. That's yeah. in the sandstorm. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, they have to fly over it to target it. Right. So they maybe that's well, but if they, they could do. see that nobody was in the tents and that people survived. I mean, there's still a storm there, too. Did anyone notice that it was interesting about Dioza, like speaking of the sandstorm and stuff, like her tell, like talking to Kane about her soldiers not being that loyal to her in front of some of her soldiers. Yeah, and in front of a potential enemy. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like, is that like? That's why I think I feel like she she's um, definitely wants to bring them in. Hmm. She's like, oh shit, this can be useful. <laughs> so, the but pl- then she's gonna ask them to give up loyalty to Octavia, right? In exchange for what food? Like, um, I'm curious what she's gonna offer besides the food that we saw. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway, um, we got we got some interesting information about her though. About she slit her own throat, which yeah. is something. Yeah, and is that because she thought, okay, so the story that she told was she was upstairs and she heard her own unit come in and execute her dad, and then she killed herself. Is that because she felt intense guilt, or is that because she thought they were coming for her? Coming for her, I bet. I don't I don't think that, like, you make that sort of decision on guilt, like, alone. Wait, what was the question? Um, so she killed herself upstairs. Why? Because she... So she heard them execute her dad, and then she killed herself. Is that because she knew they were coming for her? Yes. she said, I knew it was over. Does that mean... Does that mean she... Uh, yeah, I think yeah. she didn't want to get captured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. She doesn't strike me as sentimental enough. She didn't clear... That. So, because that means two different things. Like, one... So... 
she became a rebel, and then her. Uh, why is her own team coming after her? Maybe because um, she's so hard to kill that the only people that could take her down are the people who knew her the best. No? Hmm. I don't know. I was just giving you the movie trailer. Because I thought another <laughs> story could be that she turned her unit into rebels. Um, and then they were, as rebels, they were killing her dad. Um, and then she was like, oh, fuck, I fucked up. And then she killed herself. I mean, that's that's a whole lot of backstory that I'm not sure we're going to get. I think we're just supposed to think, like, I mean, maybe we'll get more, and I wouldn't mind more, because, like, she's a fascinating character, but I feel like we, the main point of that is this bitch will cut her own throat. Like, if you were wondering, like, how hard she goes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was less about, like, the why, and more about, like, her just, she will do that. Yeah. I don't know. Um... Kane taking tequila, taking a shot of tequila. <laughs> yeah, LOL. Was yeah, there were I, there was there was they had alcohol camp. on the ark. I mean, they but, had like but moonshine. It, it, they didn't have the tequila. They didn't have agave. They, they didn't have agave. Moonshine tastes different. Mm-hmm. Maybe was, maybe this wasn't even just a tequila. Maybe it was a uh, fuck uh, mezcal or something. You know, it was real smoky. I'm just making up shit. Um, I realized, though, that we did skip over one of the moments of the um, entire Allegis crew thing, which was the season one callback to the delinquents. Oh, the party. And the party. I apologize. Like, I know that we jumped right ahead, but, like, we should... It bears bears mentioning. And how awful their fake parties on the 100 (laughs) always are. Well, but, like, what? they don't have drugs. They, They have, like, shitty music, and that's it. Um, I, I don't, I, if it, it's kind of like the, um, either, you know, when you go to college and there's like orientation and you have like the, at my college it's called the, we call the big peanut, which was big party under the tent. Um, okay. <laughs> and so <laughs> it, it's awkward. Like you don't know these people, like you sort of maybe met your roommate if they got there in time. And then you're supposed to like dance with these people you don't really know, and it, so you're like having a sort of horrible. okay time. It, no, it's horrible. Oh my god, thank you for saying that. Um, but <laughs> it, everyone's like sort of like oh, it's it's like that vibe of being like by yourselves for the first time for some people. Um, and so there is like a freedom and like an excitement, but like no one really knows how to channel that because dancing in front of everyone doesn't always feel like the right answer. Um, Especially because you're very aware that you're, like, making your first impression. Um, so in a sense, like, I feel like that's what this was. It was just a very awkward, like, icebreaker party. Yeah, but, like, they try to make it look, like, way more fun than anyone is actually having. I think that's more my issue. But I think like, you're, like, <laughs> underestimating how, like, not fun being a minor in space was. I mean, maybe, maybe I don't know their life, so I should just stay out of it. I should stay in my own lane. You don't know their laugh. I, <laughs> so that was an accurate Southern accent for a movie. Um, for a RC movie. Blues. Not for an actual, like, anyone from the South. But that was, that's James, well, that's on James Van James Van not, not on me. you. That's not on you. Um, <laughs> fuck. Thank I'm you. doing such a terrible job wrangling this. Um, <laughs> So you have a note here about Kane's diplomacy, Shaheen, working for a second time, question mark. 
Oh, yeah. Kane. Is that is that what happened? Is it did it work? Yeah, did it work? I don't know. I, where, where do they leave things? <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, he he was trying to convince Dioza the whole time, and then she changed her mind. But was that any of that because of Kane? Or she would have changed her mind anyway. And then the, the other question is, is she going to do it at the end of the day? And what is she going to do? But regardless of what the outcome is going to be, did Kane cause any of it? I think he, so. I think whatever Diosa decides to do next episode will be heavily influenced by Kane. But, I mean, that's that's the thing that I was trying to get at earlier with how Dioza like, listens to ideas instead of just sort of like um, like she consider thing considers well, she things for far sources than information yeah. she sources information in this case Kane does obviously have intimate knowledge of one crew and she seems to be fairly good at sussing out like bullshit well i mean she's the oldest trick in the book pry them with tequila <laughs> <laughs> it's classic from Kane, our time Kane is going to going to get wild um, oh my god. For some in the cabin. I I'm on board. I'm on board. Shaheen, how do you feel about it? Is this something that you can ship? Uh Kane and Dioza. Kane Dioza and McCreary and Abby. Oh, the foursome? Yeah, I totally ship that. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. Like I like Abby. I, mean, I think that I, mean, no. I I ship the threesome, to be honest. Um I, I what McCreary is gross. <laughs> why is McCreary gross? It's just the 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 attitude and the hair. It's just, it's just yeah, but like the guy, the guy's got to go. I, 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 <laughs> um, he could take a shower. I mean, they could all take showers. They like, could all. Can't. Everyone can take a shower. No one is on Clark rule shower wise. Like, I don't want to be fucking next to that guy like that's well but but Kane's okay like I don't want to be on the other side of it and look over and he's in front of me like but Kane's okay Kane's fine yeah (laughs) (laughs) so this isn't a no homo thing this is like you have preference and we don't like McCreary and I McCreary's gross (laughs) can we talk about another thing that we kind of um, went over yeah or like we overlooked i'm doing a terrible job wrangling like go for it so raven convinced um what's his name shaw to change the to do her plan but yeah, let's talk was about, i was plan? actually gonna lead us into raven and and murphy right now like that was exactly where we needed to mm-hmm. be let's talk about them awesome yeah so like what was raven's plan i mean other than letting murphy go what is the appeal to Shaw of letting Murphy go? I don't know if we've seen all of her plan. Well, yeah, exactly. And and um, Capital Chick was the one that brought this up to me, and I, I didn't really think much about it. Um, so, but it was when I on rewatch um, when I focused on that aspect, it was. You're completely right that there's. It doesn't seem like there's a reason to let Murphy go, except for. What Shaw says, which is like, oh, it has the tracker on it. It'll take us right to his friends. Yeah. But like, what what thing would Raven have agreed to that um, was part? And she was the one who said, I have a better plan. And then we fade to black. And sure. then the next so, thing we have is Murphy leaving. And then the whole, like, it seems like it's a betrayal. But like, 
what what could have convinced right. her that the plan was just letting him go? Nothing. So there, I do think that there's something else. And um, Shaw looks shifty here. And or is it that uh, Raven getting pissed is also part of the plan? Yeah, no, no, no. She's. Pl- I think that she's playing along. I do think that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I do think that, and um, I think that. Well, the one thing that annoyed me, and then I'll talk about Shaw. Um, the one thing that annoyed me was Raven and Murphy being upset with Shaw for what he did, and I was like, bitches. He saved your friends. Like, don't you get that? Like, you're mad at him for saving his ass, but in... At the same time. at this Yeah, at the same time, like, him admitting that he was the one that locked the missiles would unlock the missiles. <laughs> um, so that was kind of like, I didn't really get there. I, get, I got Murphy's anger because, as I said in my notes, this is the point where I talk about how I still think that Murphy is a cockroach and he's always going to be a cockroach in one sense <laughs> or another, even if he cares about people more... At the end of the day, Murphy's on Murphy's team. So him being like, oh, well, um, this, like, no, let's let's not um, let's not save our friends. Like, let's stop the torture. Like, that's what we want. Yeah. <laughs> um, was, like, a prime example of that. But so, um, so I do think that because there was some talk um, about Shaw, like, not not being the good character we thought. And I don't think he is the good character. Um that we ever should have I thought. I think that he's gray. Not the worst. But like light gray. I, I do think that he's light gray. Um, and I think that we will see that in the reveal as in terms of like what was the real plan, which I, I at, a, at the same time, I get why it's so convincing because what possibly was the, the trick? Like what, he, he still seemingly like blew up the, um, the, the huddle. Yeah. I mean, so can, can we go back for like two seconds? Yeah, of course. Um, well, no, no. Let's actually stick with yours and then I'll, I'll bring up my nitpick. Um, <laughs> my nitpick later. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Like, I hope that like her, that her anger at him was faked because otherwise that was a pretty shitty plan, Raven. Yeah, unless it was like, no, because the only plan it could have been was, um, well, okay, no, there is a plan it could have been. It could have been that um, she's like, release Murphy so that he can get on the radio and tell everybody that the missiles are coming. And then she didn't know that, like, on top of that, that he was tracked and couldn't leave the radius, which, yes, that totally seems like Shaw just, like, tricked her. But I think, like, the better story is that, like, she knows that. Yeah. And the, the whole point was... But then, like, Murphy didn't know about it. And maybe, like, maybe she... Well, but, like, how could Murphy not have been in the conversation? Um, what is Shaw's motivation? What is the appeal to Shaw? Well, because Shaw? Shaw's motivation is that he's not... He's he's she, not without morals. Just that he doesn't want to kill them? And, yeah, he, he's not, yeah. like... He doesn't have the stomach for it. Well, so, so, so speaking of torture and stomachs... Um, <laughs> what? So remember when McCreary poured the water on Raven and was yeah. like, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, like, unless it's shorted out just then, like she's already been like, she's sweaty and like covered yeah. in salt. <laughs> well, like, actually, that was kind of some shitty fucking science in terms yes. of like. I mean, unless, like, they just... I, I would think that a neck collar, you would have, like, a fair amount of waterproofing on it to begin with. I mean, what's more conductive than saline? <laughs> I'm just saying. Just, I basically... So. I mean, he did say that he didn't know what was going to happen, so maybe nothing would have... Like, 
it would just be the well, same. So maybe he just and, and we don't know science. how smart he is. So fair enough. <laughs> so maybe he was just dumb. Yeah. And like Raven did the yeah. math in her head and was like, mm, it's the same. Um, sorry. Anyway, back to back to Shaw being nebulous. Um. Yeah. So now that I've like now that I realize that yeah, it could totally be him just. The plan was to have Murphy be able to alert the friends and alert Bellamy and Clark about the missiles. Um, then he could be, he could have tricked Raven. Um, That's going to be a lot like, harder I love for this. him to, to, have, to have the sex later. Yeah. He's kind of working. Well, he's, but, kind of I mean, he's playing himself. It depends how long the slow burn is, honestly. Um, because he already established that he didn't want to kill a bunch of people. Like, that's already his green light into, like, everyone's hearts, right? That's, um, that's the baseline of this fucking show. Well, well he didn't want to kill everyone. Well, so. it's, like, it's it's not like a base. Well, it, it's like a everything is about intentions. Like, what are your intentions? Was he trying to save his skin? No, his initial thing was like he had an excuse. Like it was someone else who locked him out, and this is before he met her. Before like whoa, 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 hold on. Hmm. Did you say everything is about intention? I Uh-oh. think yes. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh oh. What you got for me, Shaheen? Well, what you no, talking about, I mean, Willis? Are you the same Bubs? Who is you? I thought you were the hardcore consequentialist. Yeah, who, that's intention. That doesn't no, negate you, anything you about choose, intention. You either judge morality by intention or you judge it by consequence. Uh, to I mean, me, intention to have, is um, intention is the intent for towards the consequence. It, it doesn't, it's not conflicting. Well, I mean, if you have good intentions, but you bring about the deaths of millions to of people, to me, the good intention is the outcome. Right? Or are you? What? Um, I mean, there, are, there have been a lot of people who had good intentions, but they brought about a lot the, of suffering. What is the saying? It's the, the, ro- the road to yeah, hell is paved with good. But I feel like that's a stupid saying. I think that better, better yet was um, the road to hell was paved with the ego of good intention. Um, Shit. And so I think that I do think that like so, something like um, Capital Tech talks about when we get into these discussions is like, who are you to decide? And there is like a sense that like. I believe that the greater good should always prevail for the most part. It, it is one of those, it depends. But um, it, there is like a sense that to know what the greater good is, is more than like a one person question. Um, it, and it's kind of like with science is like you, you do an experiment. That's not the end all be all. Whatever your result was, was not the end all be all. It's just a data point and another scientist needs to check your data. And, and over and over and over again. Um, and so that's kind of how I feel about, like, the greater good is that um, best case scenario, a lot of really smart people um, put together, like, some kind of experiment and decide, like, what's the best outcome for the most people with the least amount of collateral. Um, and it's a complicated thing, but it is – I do think that it should always be solved mathematically and not – by giving preference to any type of like, um, what's the word? What's in front of us? Because when we focus on what's in front of us, 
that's not an, that's not fair to all the things you can't see. It it's too personal. It's not it's not removed enough. But that's where intentions and consequence come apart because the person can have very pure intentions um, for saving what's in front of them, whereas that's not really the best course of action. I mean, yeah, if well, you think about it, the I've talked about this before, the three main traditions of ethics, mm-hmm. uh, consequentialism, deontology, and virtue ethics... Um, Consequentialism says that the worth of a of an action is judged by its consequences, and usually mm. the if you t- if you take the utilitarian version, the uh, consequence that we care about is the amount of happiness and or, uh, and or suffering in the world. Well, but this and is this relates they usually to the good say that place. <laughs> this relates yeah. to the good place because that that person who lives out in the house in the desert, the medium place. The medium place. It's because she was she didn't have good intentions. She just accidentally saved a shit ton of people. So it's right. like the that's the consequentialism where co- the consequences of the fact that what she did out of zero intention was inadvertently saved a bunch of people um, sent her to the medium place because it wasn't the yeah. intention. So I do think that there's the rubric <laughs> for life um, is just as complicated as the problem solving for all these things well i just wanted to say that they usually say that um if you want to bring about what the consequentialist wants the maximum amount of happiness for the maximum number of people um but that's intent that's also intent that's what i'm saying they usually say that the making people consequentialists uh is the worst thing you can do like it, it's been like the idea is that it's been shown that when people want to bring about the greater good, they they usually end up not doing that. But what when part people do they want fail to at? maximize happiness for the greatest number of people, they end up not bringing that about. So the best way to bring about what the consequentialist wants is to trick people into doing things that bring about the greater happiness for for the the greatest happiness for the greatest number of people but a consequentialist would want that without them to to follow without them to wanting to to intend to follow that to intend to bring that about well but i still think that like a consequentialist they're just it's all about the methodology and if the methodology isn't working then obviously that's not what they want to do so if it's not i feel like there's a disconnect between um it's not about the intentions and the motivations of consequentialism. It's about the, the knowledge that, Oh, this method isn't working. What's actually going to work is something else. So I don't really see what the, so I don't see the my point was that, that Bob's, are you saying that the, simply like wanting the outcome, like sort of makes the I'm intention if, true by default then? I'm saying that if people wanting the outcome, like does the does the intention need to be noble? Is it like is is it not enough to just want that thing to happen? But why, how is that not noble? But I, I'm saying like I, I'm 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 having like a difficult t- like I'm hearing what you're saying and I'm hearing what Shaheen is saying and I'm like trying to reconcile it in my brain and I'm like well that's because I I don't think it's that different I think that like there's a disconnect in methodology and that's where the issue is and not so much on the intent and motivation of um because if consequentialism is about the outcome 
and inconsequentialism, the outcome isn't successful, then it's not a matter of like, then it's, there's a disconnect between what the goal is and what the, the motivations are. And the motivations, it means that like, it's a failure. So it's, it's not about like a specific methodology. It's about the methodology that works and finding what well, methodology works. Sorry, maybe I didn't explain it well. The point was that if you're so you're the ethicist, you're the ethicist. You sit here and you decide. Okay, what should happen is the greatest amount of happiness for the greatest number of people. That's the consequence that we're looking at. And then you ask, okay, how should I bring this about? And the idea is the that one thing you can't do is give people the motivation, the intention to bring about the greatest happiness. If you go outside, if you go out and tell people, hey, everyone, go and work towards the greatest good, the greatest amount of happiness for the greatest number of people, they will go and mess things up. The world will not go towards the greatest. Well, so that wasn't the right thing to do, to do, to get the goal. Right. So the point is that having their intentions doesn't matter. Like them having the right intention doesn't matter if it's going to bring about misery at the end of the day. Well, but that's but so you but the consequentialist doesn't care what their intentions are. The consequentialist would just say, give them whatever intention you you want to give them. Just make sure that they end up doing things that bring about these are two different things, though. They're two. I still think that like the consequentialist, if it's about like a specific outcome. And that specific outcome is to have the most happy and the most well-off people um, with minimalizing um, discomfort and dissatisfaction. Um, then it's it's not about again, it's not about the methodology. It's about what works, what works to get there, and and just like finding what that is. Is it lying to people? Then lie to people. If it's right. um, does it involve putting people in people alley intentions? system? Then put people in alley system. Like it's it's. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, it's what a, were we talking a, about? Like, what did this have to do with what we were talking about with the story? Ah, uh, talking about um, it. Uh, I don't know. How do we always get here? <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, Bob said something about everything is about in, intention. Intention. Yes, I still, matters. I still believe that. And I think that um, consequentialism—that's very shocking is about intention. Because, because, no, consequentialism is obviously about the consequence. Then why have the intent to get that consequence? There's, there's, you can't just want a consequence with no, there's like a reason you want it. And that reason is what matters. If my intent is to be the most powerful person in the world, and I will consequentially do whatever it takes to make that happen, that, that intent is not pure. If my intention is to make the most people happy and survive and et cetera, et cetera, um, that's different. Like, I do. I, no, you're you're mixing the intention of the ethicist with the intention of the person who the ethicist is judging. The point is, okay. How? So the ethicist wants to it says the the worth of an action is um, in its consequences, and or it says the worth of an action is its in, in its intentions. Right. Those are two different ethical theories. But no, because and I then, don't think you can divorce the two. I think, well, they I are think separate things. They're only like, separated by what you fact, believe morality is. If you believe morality... No, they're morality, logically separate in that we know that you can do good things with bad intentions and you can do bad things with good intentions. But, that's no, but something that's, that we know No, happens. no, no. You're talking about morality. 
who's saying what's bad and who's saying what's good? That's morality. That's like the the currency with which you're differentiating the two. But yeah. intention, intention tells you what you want the outcome to be. And so I, I don't know who came yes, up with this bullshit. Yes, but it won't determine the outcome. <laughs> intention won't determine the outcome. You can have no. the intention. If I beat my child and my intention is to raise I a I don't good, think you should ever child, divorce the two. Then I have done something bad, right? I've still done something wrong if I Wait, beat sorry, my child. Wait, sorry, say that again. No I matter was... what my intention. Say that again. If, if I beat my child and my intention is to bring about a, a strong adult and raise them well and I think that this is good for them. You failed. That I still did something shitty. You failed. It doesn't matter what my intention was. So my the worth of my action is in this case not well, judged by my intention. But we know that spanking is it is not beneficial. As, okay. As so my intention doesn't matter. I still did something wrong, right? Even though I thought it was doing a good thing. I I had a good intention, but I did something bad. Yes. So you're so you're you're saying like in retrospect can come apart. Looking yeah. at things in hindsight only is what you're saying. Well, you're always looking at it in hindsight when you're judging an action. Okay. Um, or not always, but like, yeah, usually when you judge the moral worth of an action, you're looking at it in hindsight. Well, so I guess like my question then would be like, what made the parent decide that spanking was how they got them to do something? What what information were they going off of that said that that was the right thing to do? People do stupid shit all the time. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's like it's I feel like there's a different thing with how you're using the data to make the decisions in terms of like what your intentions are. If you're if you're going to just like go into it and just just go by the whims of what you think is like right or not, um, I think that's different. And I, I know that this is just getting to the semantics of um, information <laughs> yeah, and data to... and whatever, whatever. But um, I think I get like I, I appreciate the example because I think I understand more what you're saying. But in theory, yeah. So in anyway, theory, so they're how, not did, how did we get it? I, how did we get it? I don't know. I, I have no fucking idea. But real quick, <laughs> before we move on to uh, Rover Crew and reuniting crew, um, uh, fuck, where was I going with this? Shit, I'm looking at the notes. Um, uh, oh, I had some things that I oh. think I... Let's Go see. Um, okay, so we discussed the long play with Sean Raven, whether that's going to happen or not, we'll see. Um, oh, I remembered. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. But um, does, is everybody feeling Sean Raven as a romantic pairing? <laughs> um, I think, like, the fact that I know it's coming, I'm a little eye-rolly about. Um, just <laughs> well, we only know... Why did, they, why did they, like, give that away? It would have been, like, such a fun thing to just... Because I think that it's amazing that you can feel it building based on a, him staring at a computer screen with a like um a text raven flashing on it you know yeah <laughs> i mean it's hard to know how you would feel if you didn't know now that you do know oh I, I guess um, we'll have to like find some ga to interview feel, later it does feel forced like it may, but again i don't know if is that because I yeah like I, know I think it's because we know because if we didn't know right now like it was kind of cool that they had that like um, I mean ASL it's a usual hundred meet mark. cute it's a usual hundred meet cute somebody gets tortured with somebody else and suddenly you know yay yeah and they hate each other of course 
Um, but there's a story behind the torture, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so from that perspective, I'm into it. I, I'm more into it than I could have ever been into Mervyn. Um, as much as I, I, I like, I like their blossoming friendship. Um, and that I, I think that Raven is just an incredibly resilient person. Um, and so I appreciate that that's an aspect of her character that she can get beyond that. Like John Murphy is a cockroach who maimed her for life. (laughs) Um, so from that sense, like I like their friendship, but I don't want it to be more than that. I, you know, I. Are you talking about Mervin or or Mervin? I'm like I'm more. (laughs) Thank you, I'm more into Shaw and Raven. Raw. Raw or Shaven. I refuse any of it. I like raw. (laughs) Although Shaven makes sense with his hair. See. And her (laughs) vagina. Oh my god. God damn it. Well, speaking and, of boys well, and girls. So he doesn't shave down there or what? what? <laughs> we don't know. Like speaking speaking of boys like, and girls mashing bits. Um has Dioza run the numbers on her population? So she has 300. Well, no, less 290. Like I'm looking around and I'm not seeing a lot of ladies. 3. Uh, there were ladies. There, there I were I not pause, though. many. Um, did you, did you pause and, like, count? Um, just, like, general cursory, like, looking through. Are Let you... me see if we have screen caps up and I can tell you definitively. I mean, the, the person who changed the music was, a lady. was I think. I, it's not 50-50. I mean, it was, so we still don't know what these. Episode five is uh, not yet. Okay. Prisoners slash cryo sleepers are, like, are they. Uh, somehow, like genetically engineered. We don't or know. Is, is no, yes, I them? hope so. They, they are genetically so. engineered, but they—I think that they have less um, immunity to the um, radiation. I think that like only the the Legis three had like yeah. the night blood. The, but no. I, I do think that they were um, somewhat engineered because they did go to space. Space has a lot of radiation. Um, that's why all of the hundred and all of the Sky Crew has some form of radiation protection. Um, yes. Um, but I meant in terms of like them just being like giant and um, just like Kodiak, superhuman. I mean, it would kind and of like, make so sense. I was like, wondering I think if like, like they horse, just like, mailed more male ones. And, like, we don't know because we them. only have like one data point, but and it kind of seemed. And the other dudes that woke up seemed sketchy as fuck, but we didn't really like. We didn't really see, see but it, it did seem like the the show alludes to um, who says was it Echo who says it took three of us to take one of them down. Yeah. So it did kind of seem like the show was somewhat, even though it's like not, it's not def- definitive that they're implying that like these are tough, tough guys. Whether it's just because they're hardened criminals or. They do have some kind of like. Who also were minors. Min- yeah, yeah, exactly. They were minors. They they did a lot of manual labor. Um, let's let's unless you guys have anything else, let's move along to um, uh, Forest Rover Crew and the reuniting. Um, so we can we can get uh, Bubs's. Who's, the Who's, Who's the Hobbit? Who's the Hobbit? Who is the Hobbit? Who is the Hobbit? We had some great little funny bits of dialogue there. Like I thought you'd be funnier. Like. Uh, them just roasting each other was pretty great. Um, Echo I I, coming out of the woods and like making bird <laughs> calls and 
Um, I said in my notes that, like, I wouldn't, like, trust Murphy to babysit, but at the same time, like, I want a Murphy-Maddie buddy cop comedy. But because just sassy cop. Just, it's just, like, there's, they have such good back and forth already. They just met. What, and so you, I hope we get more of that. Did you have any thoughts and feels about uh, the Rover group, Shaheen? Yeah, I uh, I love the memory part. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Um, um, when what, I what realized like she got it, out. Shaheen? Hmm? Sorry. What did, what did you like about it, Shaheen? Just that, like, Amori is still like, yeah, you're kind of an asshole, she but, cares. you know. She doesn't want I him to die. Like She's not going to leave him alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, um, I have hopes for Memori now. Oh. Are you again. a shipper? Aww. I like yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want him to just, like, be broken up for the rest of forever. Okay. I'm, I'm glad that, that like, you got, you yeah, got fed. Like. <laughs> I got fed too. <laughs> I, I had started to like lose hope that they would, but we still don't know. We honestly, we still don't know. We don't know where anything's yeah. going. Who's going to die. Um, um, yeah. So, so they come around a corner. Well, first, first, uh, Clark Bellamy and Octavia have some words, especially Octavia giving Bellamy, um, oh my god! The Fredo kiss, um, and being like, "Do not fuck with me," and Clark being like, "The fuck!" Like, I love that we got to see like them in the <laughs> foreground, and Clark's like, "What the fuck?" Face. Yeah. Um, oh, so good behind it. Uh, and then after that, some people come tearing around the bend. Um, what were your guys' thoughts of the whole sort of like little little end bit? Well, so okay. Um, n- well, let's talk about Octavia first, so that like I can warn people about my balerking before I do it, so they can tune out. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, we knew this was coming. We knew we knew that a big part of like Echo's storyline this season would be like a conflict with Octavia. Um, and I think it was really great because I think I didn't think about it, um, through the episode, but, um, while it was like about to happen, it was just like Octavia just like laid into Bellamy with her super creepy, like, Hey, big brother, I'm so happy you're alive. At the same Mm -hmm. time, if you cross me, I will fucking kill you, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, he just got this like very like disturbing, like, and and, like she has follow through. Yeah, and I think I talked about before that, like, I, I, like, Bellamy was the frog in the boiling water who it was, like, gradually boiling, and that was the moment he was, like, holy fuck. Like, everything before is just, like, it could be, like, Octavia posturing. Yeah, Octavia, this was like, just feeling, the two of them. And this was, yeah, this was just well, the two plus of Clark, them. but, you know. Well, sh- she should also listen to that message, too. Like, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah. Um, I had my, well, I'll Bullark really quickly. Don't listen if you hate Bullark. This is just going to take two seconds. Um, so in, a, in, in an episode I was not here for, um, the one where Bellamy and Clark descend from the heavens into the bunker, mm-hmm. um, I, I felt that, like, the only reason that Octavia was at all nice to Clark was she assumed that, like, Clark and her brother had, like, finally gotten together and she was just trying to be polite about it, you know? Because the last thing she'd saw Clark, Clark had locked her out of the bunker. Yeah. Um, thinking that she was going to die in the conclave. So, um... I thought it was funny that Octavia was still kind of like sentimental and somewhat nice to her, if not slightly cold. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so now it's like, I think she still kind of sees Clark as family. And that's why she like, 
she she let loose on Bellamy, not really caring Clark. that Clark was there. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, could, I could see that. Yeah. So, um, but I, I thought it was a really, I'm not on the, I hate Octavia train. No, not um, at all. But she's I, like, I, she's, she's hard. Some shit. She's a rough character right now. And and I do think that like what Clark said earlier in the episode is so true that she it, it is incredible what Octavia has done and, and I'm sure that a lot of it is under the gui- guidance of Gaia, um, and this kind of push to be the strength that keeps everyone together, um, and it it's, it is what has worked. So I I get it from that perspective, but like from Bellamy's perspective, it's I. Poor guy, like, when is he going to catch a break with his sister? Like, is this going to happen before she dies? I, you know, I, I don't know. Shaheen. I mean, that's the part that I'm having a hard time with. Can I ask something about when you say that's what has worked? Um, how do we know that? Because we don't have a, a baseline to compare this to. We don't have a benchmark of like oh. how this would have gone. If someone took a more yes, you're right, uh, civil democratic approach to it. like you can look at North Korea and be like, well, this guy <laughs> held it together. Yeah, well, yeah, but like this wasn't the only way to hold it together. Like, oh no, you're <laughs> absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But I think like I still think that Clark's observation stands. It's she's not saying that um, there wasn't a better way or there wasn't a way that like it was would have not been so creepy. Um, she's saying that whatever Octavia did manage to do is impressive because it does take like yeah. not no, anyone can be that. a cult leader. I was ranting about that before. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that you're absolutely That's right. That's why this. I like that they added that this episode with the whole March in the Sandstorm thing because that does add this element of yeah, whatever you think, it is impressive. Yeah. yeah. And I think part of that was like also for Bellamy's benefit to, I mean, he's like horrified. Yeah. <laughs> By who Octavia is, and he's kind of, like, trying to, like, uh, make, not make peace with it. I don't think he could ever make peace with it, but kind of just, like, get to a place where he's, oh, I don't know, not okay. Uneasily comfortable. Like, not quite comfortable, but, like, a little lumpy mattress. Not stress the fuck out. Yeah. And so she's trying to, like, point out the positives, of which there are positives, despite the fact that maybe there was a better way. Hey, they had rations. They had rations. People survived despite like, and he knows like they were stuck in space for an extra year. Like he knows what it's like to like not know if you are ever going to make it out. Um, anyways, so that was my take with like those. Speaking three. of Bellamy and Octavia mm-hmm. and speaking of the Octavia hate train. Um, Wait, we're not on the Octavia a lot hate dis- train. We aren't. No. Are you? We're not, yeah. No. Um, I mean, the whole bunker thing pisses me off, but, um, no, but like, there's been a lot of discussion about Octavia, um, blaming Bellamy Mm -hmm. for, for things going wrong with the Eligius crew and war and stuff. And this has made a lot of people upset because... She's just she just seems like this petulant mm-hmm. little sister who just blames her brother for everything because like so and this goes this is similar kind of to what you were saying about Raven versus Shaw. Mm-hmm. Were you saying that Joe or was it? Um, Bubs. I have no idea about how like Raven is like. Why were you saving your ass? Or I think Bubs, yeah, you were I think saying it was this. Bubs. 
yeah, yeah. it's like yeah well it's not it, like a rational that was, that was all part of saving your ass mm-hmm. so, or your friend's ass so and, and so yeah when she's when octavia tells bellamy thanks to you we're at war well <laughs> you're only at war because you're on the ground so thanks to bellamy you're on the ground first of yes, all yes yes and then you and then because you're on the ground you're at war and because the thing went south and that was messed up but here's the thing though okay so i could see maybe the first time um when things went wrong and they didn't work out and they they, were, they found out that the, there's going to be hostility and she was like it's it's your fault maybe you could see it that time but now she's had time to think about it and now she knows as we talked about before it's fucking raven's fault all of this <laughs> because she didn't tell bellamy she doesn't they, know it's raven's not fault, honoring the deal but we do so we do yes well octavia knows this at this point right everyone knows so. what happened at this point i don't think so i don't think they know the nuance of what the deal was and i don't think bellamy would talk about it i think that Bellamy's not about um, passing the buck. And especially because he knows it's not really, it's not his fault. And he doesn't feel that he needs to argue that. I feel like oh, she's so probably going to blame him. Oh, so you think deep down Octavia what. knows it's not Bellamy's fault? I, I think that she in some ways feels that it's Bellamy's fault because um, it's easiest to blame him. It's easiest to, and I think that it has to do with our conversation with Indra where she's like, you don't love, you don't get hurt. And so um, seeing Bellamy again was like this amazing, like her brother, like she, she says, I knew you would come because it's true. I think a part of her always believed that they were stuck in the bunker, but her brother has always come through. Um, and like the one time she didn't let him come through, her like love died um, when he could have helped her. <laughs> um, and so to an Ouch. extent, um, yeah, to an extent, um, she does believe in him um, in the sense that, like, he is his own mythical creature to her. Um, so when he does not magically make things work, she automatically just, like, kind of blames him because it's the easiest thing to do. It's, easy, it's easier to say, like, my brother, it's his fault um, than it is to say um, he let me down or he, like, he failed me. Like, I think she takes it very personal. He had a lot, a lot higher to fall when, when her, um, when he doesn't meet her expectations, she still builds him up Mm -hmm. and he falls a lot harder. Um, Mm -hmm. speaking of Octavia's reactions, um, maybe Shaheen and I will, will give our non-Balark reactions to sort of various reactions. You guys go first, but I can give my non-Balark reactions for Octavia. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are you talking, are you talking about Clark? Um, yeah, well, oh. yes. Yeah, yeah, no, go ahead. Unless, unless, unless you have other stuff to, to add in the reunions. Well, I mean, I guess we, we should talk about, like, the, the other platonic ones. Monty, um, we get to see <laughs> Harper for another second. Oh Harper had a line in the, um, in the rover, and she got, to, we got a shot of her getting out of the rover. I, Harper I, watched I think, 2018. Um, I think that one of the things that they're using is Monty and Harper's relationship as, like, a... Um, a temperature taker for other things. Um, and so I think that unfairly, because that's the case, um, the individual characters have kind of suffered and like what 
they've been given, which sucks because I, I kind of wanted more for them. Like, I'm happy with that Miller has gotten more. Um, yeah. And I kind of wanted the same for them. Um, and maybe we'll get some more for them, but it was yeah, just kind of like knows? a little bit sad and awkward. Yeah, um, but, exactly. but Yeah, I mean, there isn't enough time for all these characters. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Harper went from like, why don't we just shock shock ass. Pike's fascist <laughs> ass to not even close. That was her, that was, was that her only line? Not I can't remember. Close? She may have said something in the... No, she had in the woods, but she definitely only had one thing. In she the, had a really great scream in three twelve. Mm. Oh, and anyway, she, yeah, you know, in like Gimme Shelter, we got to see the abs, but you know, again, that's not really. <laughs> she had like a little in the tiny, nude episode in the nude. Um, fuck, I keep on yeah. losing my fucking train of thought. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> it's just funny when Monty waves at Octavia. I think but, like, there's so much that. history there. Octavia doesn't know Jasper's dead. Uh, no, I think, I oh, think really? he does. How would she know? She, because um, people who were in uh, at Arcadia made it into the bunker. So the people who left Jasper and co. behind... But she might think that they went up to space. Like, she might think... No, I think that... Um, that was already settled when everyone okay. got to the bunker, um, was that Jasper stayed back. I think maybe Monty will be a surprise because he did stay back with Jasper um, and she doesn't know that he did go to space. But I don't think her assumption was that people just went to space. Okay. That's- Who knows? Yeah. I, I Yeah. But it's um, it's interesting because Monty was the one who brought Octavia back to the fold for a while. And saved her by three. killing his own mother to save her. Right. That's yeah, and, and telling her shit. that she's one of the hundred. So back in season three, she was like, I'm not Sky Crew, I'm not Tree Crew. She's Sky and Crew, I'm, shut the fuck up. <laughs> so everyone had a hard said, time. <laughs> um, and Monty said, you're one of the hundred. And that kind of gave her that identity that she was I wonder if we'll for. get a call back to that sort of at any point this season. I, the thing is, I don't think that works on her anymore because she doesn't, She's not like, not like the hundred, but like maybe a heart. She's to not looking Monty. for an identity anymore. She already has the mm-hmm. whole identity. It's I I'm I'm loving Octavia's sort of like arc. Like I I think it's great. Like even even sh- when she's like mean or I'm like you're being dumb. Like I'm digging it. Um, I think those were those were those. And now you know we have Clark and Octavia's reaction to the Balark kiss or not Balark kiss. Sorry, Bubs. I didn't mean to. Uh. Uh, I can't I know. believe you just I'm called so us sorry. that. I'm so sorry. So rude. The, but great Freudian slip. I know, right? The Becco kiss. I mean, honestly, it could have just been, it could be called the Bullard kiss because at no point was it like in focus or like slightly off screen. It was like the Blake, the Blake sibling slash Bullard kiss. Um, because I, I mean, Clark's I mean, reaction, co- you know, she, she was still hugging Maddie. Um, you know, any number of ways that you could read Clark's reaction, uh, mm-hmm. I feel like Octavia's was somewhat unambiguous. Mm-hmm. Mostly because we we have had a lot of like behind the scenes chatter as to the building tension and what conflict is going to be um, coming up between Octavia and Echo. Well, I mean, it's the same look. Well, that Octavia she gave is not reacting. What's Sorry, that? Go ahead. I was just saying, Octavia, I didn't think Octavia was reacting to the kiss. I thought she was just like, this motherfucker. Well, it's, 
I'm like when she's my brother is Melanie gets in Bucker <laughs> implicated because he's kissing her. So it's it's Echo, <laughs> like, but it's this motherfucker and she's sticking her tongue down my brother's throat. It's it's a twofer. It's a twofer. But I think it's more that like my brother <laughs> is making out with this girl and this girl's alive. So I think it's more like he, she's mad at both of them. Well, this girl murdered me. Right? And like kill she, and and facilitated the death of the rest of Farm Station. Well, I mean, you know. It wouldn't have worked without her. Well, yeah. Really? <laughs> really? No, no, I'm just saying. Like, I'm just, you know, well, what are you going to do? She didn't pull the, the trigger, but the, the entire, Who the hasn't entire a couple hundred security bucks? stuff. Well, no, no, no. Again, again, we have this argument all the time. It's all about motive, like I've said before that in our but whole discussion. That make it not consequential. Don't distract me. <laughs> um, so it's it's about motive, and like until we know that Asgeta had a motive other than power, then it's not an equivalent offense to the, I'm just saying the things that our characters have done. How many people someone has killed? We've all but killed it doesn't a lot matter. Of it doesn't matter because it's 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 about there are no good guys because when their push comes to shove and they have to do shitty things for their people to survive. But this wasn't about survival. This was about power. So that doesn't fall into the same category. And so, and again, like, what, and I'm not trying to say, like, because obviously, like, the echo we have this season is not the echo that we had last season or the season before that. Um, But that character that we had before, um, our protagonists are our protagonists because they defy orders in light of what they think is right, in light of saving the people that they love. Um, And I think that that's, a very defining characteristic in um, a world like this uh, where they, they do terrible things, but the reason why they do these terrible things are things that are very relatable. Um, so when you have a character that does something and it's it's framed as the antagonist and, and the motivations behind it are, are power and, and the collateral is something unimaginable just for the sake of power, um, it's, it's very hard to like... To say that it, I mean, it's literally arguing for intentional right now. When like no. an hour ago you were not. What do you mean? Am I like Shaheen? <laughs> well, she was defending uh, intention, like ethics based on intention before, but um, I'm. S- but then I'm still she saying also intent. said she appreciated the example. Yeah, but yeah, there's the. Child beating example. So. Well, well, what's the con- okay? The consequentialism: you kill a bunch of kids for the sake of power. Even I mean, if you look at it from either yeah, it side, yeah, makes you shittier. But like, you still killed a bunch of people. Like, I'm just saying. Like, I'm just for saying. What, though, but what was like, everyone? Like, if yeah, it's like about consequentialism, what was the outcome? So, if it's about what the outcome was, the outcome was a bunch of. Of families with kids who had just survived Asgeta. They made it through like the torturous the <laughs> landscape care. that was Asgeta, only to be blown up after every like they survived and they were blown up. And so for what? For power, for a power play. Um and, and when you compare that to like the actions of other characters, it's very different. So I don't know why we have this like this like equivalency when it's not the same and like until we have like more information to say that it was the same that there was like 
someone was holding a gun to their head because, like, Asgeta had no food. Then I'm like, yes, come talk to us. That like, Asgeta had no food and they had to do this and like, I mean, it was it horrible and we have this whole people, but like. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with Bubs. I mean, I, this is the exact same arguments we were ha- the same argument we were having um, a couple episodes ago when we were talking episode one, where it was Joe and Jen, who on uh, um, the Echo Train, and I was I was saying the exact same thing that it's um, she doesn't seem to be you know caught in the in the middle of like rock and a hard place when she makes these decisions. It's just a matter of, um, I want my team to win, so I'm going to, like, um, you know, trample over everyone else. I mean, it's shitty motivation. Yeah. So I can well, get the, the, not noble. We need a reason, apart from that, to, like, to root for her. And without that, like, we're rooting for... I can root for, for her because she's interesting. Okay, yes. But that doesn't mean that, like, so that's that's a perfect reason to root for someone that they're interesting but then, like, for me, like, when I see, like, in fandom, people are getting, like, shit on for hating Echo, even though there's all the reasons. <laughs> um, I'm just like, okay, what is going on here? Like, until the show says she was between a rock and a hard place because this and this and this were going on, or she faced this, and then, like, But she, I think we're made to think, like, we're coming at it from our in own In canon morality. or in behind the scenes? We're coming at it from our own morality. Like that well, was course, not like, a moral our protagonists, decision on theirs. Our our protagonists because they defy orders. They defy like what was expected to do what they think is right. Like and so it's like we see to the her reason. power is right. But it's it's not the same. It's not the same. Like it's, I'm not it's, arguing that it's the same. I'm just saying that I don't think that it's as far apart. Well, one thing that we, uh, this is kind of, we talked, touched on this last time we talked about this too. God damn it. Is that one thing you definitely don't want to say. What? Sorry. Sorry. It's just one thing you definitely don't want to say is as long as I can psychologically uh, explain the behavior, it's morally justified because then you can take a, a serial killer and say, well, they just acted according to their, to what they knew. And, you know, if, if you take into account that they were abused when they were younger and all the, like, all the things that happened to them, um, then, you know, you can understand why they did it. Um, so, right, but, but that's you know, one person understanding it is one thing. You can understand that Echo was born. Sorry, that's what? That's one person going against, like, our societal norms. If your societal norm, like, is just... Everyone on the show has had a shitty upbringing. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody. I'm not saying... But we're still applying our own morality. We're saying that something about... No, we're, we're applying shitty. show morality because we're comparing within the show. I mean, w- the difference the is... Well, my point was that, sorry, like, sorry. W- the what like whether it's... Uh, troubled childhood or a troubled society that you grew up in because like you're uh, of course you can uh, psychologically explain echo's behavior you can say well she was she grew up in asgeta and they they had a very harsh um society and and um this and that and the other thing it's the grounders it's like the harshest clan of the grounders and um and she had to follow orders and all of that um so you can explain psychologically why she did it. No, I can explain um, morally. As you can do for anyone else, but it doesn't make it morally on a par. But mm-hmm. if it was never 
if that is not against the morality of your own society, but then you, it's but never a you can only explain it with canon. But then you, we don't know enough about them. I'm just saying, like exactly, and we don't necessarily know about like the other like we don't know. You guys are killing me. Are we? Are we <laughs> killing you, or is it like an? It, it's like the thing is like you can have all the interests that you want. I'm just saying that, like, like, what is the argument for, like, people who don't see it or, like, or, like, say, like, I'm like, interested if, despite the lack of, of any evidence well, So here, here's, here's the thing. Like, I'm saying, like, that there, that there could be a hypothetical and you're saying that this thing doesn't exist. And, like, what if you look at well, something like Manifest Destiny, right? And, like, that did some fucked up shit, but people thought that they had the high horse. Like, well, but people still think they have the high horse. It's just that the high horse is headcanon. For fuck's sake. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to, like, I love that you love Echo. And this season, she's been so interesting, and I totally appreciate it. All I'm saying is that, like, and again, I talked about this before, that, that, like, fandom, like, bleeds into, like, how we discuss things and how we react to things. Um, Are you saying Joe is is on an Echo train? Choo-choo, I mean, I'm saying, I'm saying that Joe can be Echo what, bandwagon. Is, Echo, is Joe, no, on a, Joe can be what on whatever train she wants. It's how we <laughs> argue, like how we argue these characters, whether it's like supported in canon, this or that, in terms of who they are, is what I'm arguing. I'm arguing that you can feel however you want about Echo. Um, I mean, Especially look, because the show has given us so little, and a lot of it was very antagonistic. I guess I, I read... You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to say, like, I think everyone can love have, her if they love I, her. <laughs> Thank you, Bubs. <laughs> I think I just get a different read on, like, maybe Tassie's acting. Like, I... I feel like I, but that's, you know, that's the, what is it? Uh, author intention versus reader, reader response. Anyway, mm. we should probably move along because we kind of went down a little rabbit hole and I have completely stopped uh, wrangling for this episode. Um, <laughs> well, I'm like, I think there's really interesting comparisons. Like we talked earlier about um, how Indra used to be just like the very um, stoic um, follower of orders. And that's not the person we see today. Like t- today we see someone who's grown from that. Um, and now we have like Kara, who's like, Whoa. you know, very duty, very like all about her leader, which is what Echo was. Um, and so I think that there's like a lot of interesting comparisons we could give these characters um, to maybe give better context. Hmm? That was very diplomatic of you. I'm proud of you. Thanks. <laughs> you said something kind of nice about Echo. Yeah. Well, I like I I said like uh, this season Echo's a different character. Do I wish we could have like gone on that journey to how she got here? Of course. Um do I hate that she's in a relationship with a character that I really appreciate and it's not fair that all of his relationships are time jump relationships? Like it kind of sucks and it sucks that, like I can't hate that without being like judged no, no, for hating that's, it. <laughs> that's a fair that's a fair criticism. Like I because like to have like, two time jump relationships like that that is a fair It's annoying. Criticism. It's annoying and on top of that the fact that people put fans down for disliking a fictional relationship as if that's a high horse <laughs> is to judge real people for disliking a fictional relationship is all I'm saying. Now we can move on. <laughs> um well, I mean unless Shaheen, do you have any more thoughts on 
people watching Becco make out. No. You sure? That was it. That was that was it. <laughs> no Clark thoughts? Yeah, that was it. Do you think Clark was jealous? Um I just I was just like okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Clark looking, all right. That was, That's a meaningful look. We have Shaheen on Diplomatic one end answer. of the Clark spectrum, and then we have you on the other end. And like you're in the middle. Of, well, I mean... Or who's in the middle? This is like... Uh, it's like the most low-key reaction. Like, okay, cool, 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 cool. Well, <laughs> it's just like, that's all... That's as much as they gave us, because like... But they, they always gave it to us. Like, whenever... Clark is talking about her relationships. Block, uh, there's a Bellamy look and vice versa. I contest and the only time that Clark talked about um, Lex in front of him. I don't even think he was paying attention or looking. He was looking at Octavia. If you map out the room. So I hate that like people bring <laughs> Bellamy into that. a fucking floor plan. No, it's, okay. The thing is, and I will only toot my horn in this respect, okay. is that, like my visual spatial abilities are like the one thing that I'm like really good at. Like I, I test like pretty like normal like IQ wise with everything else. Visual spatial abilities, like I'm I'm like really good at. So like okay. when I look at that scene, instantly I was like, he's not even looking at her. Like he's looking at Octavia. Um because he's looking across the room and he's looking at eye level. Octavia's standing. Clark's on the ground, like in front of him almost, based on how long the room is. Um and so to me, it was just a transition and shot between what was going on with Clark and her mom in that conversation, which was just a them conversation. You know, like maybe Kane heard it. Well, maybe it was. I Kane's think there have been other examples though. Like there's there's that scene maybe in the same episode or, or and another episode of season three where Clark is looking at the flame mm-hmm. and there's a bell- meaningful Bellamy look. Anyway, yeah, so like I'm just saying yeah. that this has always been there, and so people who interpret it platonically, they can interpret Clark's meaningful look platonically too. And how would you it's, interpret that platonically? Not, uh, just that like these are two people who care about each other. And, and what's and, the purpose of shooting so, that scene? Well, I'm not denying that they're. No, I'm just doing asking. Like, what is? Bill Arc thing what this is season. the platonic reason behind including Clark's reaction? I mean, if I were me, I'd be like, bro, like at no point you, did you like think to mention that this was a relevant detail? Like, in but your why life would she think it was a relevant detail to her if it's if she's just a, like, wouldn't she just like if it was her friend who now has like love, wouldn't she but just he, like kind of smile about it? She knows that was also kind of, you know, did some so shady shit. So there are two, two questions that are being though. conflated, right? One question is, would Clark, if if this was a, if Clark was a real person, uh, if this is all reality, mm-hmm. would Clark throw that glance or not? And I, I'm just saying that there's a platonic way that in which the answer to that could be yes. And then there's the other question of, when you're making a movie, why would you shoot that? Yeah. And that's that's a fair point. Like shooting it usually means it was it deliberately means called attention so. to for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think that I mean I'm not denying that there's Belark all over this season. Not like non-platonic or romantic Belark all over this. So season. that's how you feel. That's how what? <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't have to confirm. Um, no, I, Joe and I talked about this before 
And I actually, at first, mm-hmm. I was like, I gave her the, I, the same exact grilling. And she's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> um, or I don't know what you said. And then I, I was like, I, I like was thinking about something else. And I forgot that I actually did come up with a platonic reason for it. Which now I'm forgetting. Joe, do you remember what my platonic... For shooting it or for yes. for Clark looking that way? It was... Um, oh, right, 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 right. So my platonic reason, which um, if people need a platonic reason for the <laughs> shot that I think seems very blarky, um, <laughs> which I'll talk about in a blark way in two seconds. But the platonic dis, um, reasoning is that... Um, and this goes back to the head and the heart thing, the conversation that they had. Was that um, Clark knowing Bellamy, Bellamy, Bellamy that she knows, and the Bellamy that a lot of us know would never in a million years be in a romantic relationship with Echo. No matter like how much he came to like respect her and work with her and know her, would not be in a romantic relationship with her. So, in a platonic sense, it could be that like this is the moment when Clark realizes just how long six years are. And that the Bellamy that, you know, they had a conversation, like, what is your head telling you about this? Same as yours. And so in that moment, it's like, oh, my God. Maybe we're not in sync. It's been six years. If if Bellamy is now this person who would be with Echo, who is he? Like, that's not. And so it's more this, like, this dawning realization that her friend is someone she doesn't recognize. And that's kind of scary. Because the person that, she, you know, it's still the person she talked to for 2,199 days. Um, and so, of course, that would be jarring for her. What if, and I don't, like, what if that is actually how they played the season? And they're like, actually, see, it really wasn't a love triangle. And, like, you oh, just, like, well, predicted that and put that into the universe. I mean, no, because I, I have to, like, think of, like, other reasons why they do certain things. Because... Yeah, the article was out there saying there's not going to be a love triangle. So either it, they're going to break up, like, next episode. Although I called it. I was talking to um, Capital Chick, and I was like, watch. Now that Clark knows, like, Becco's a thing, like, um, Neela is going to show up next episode, um, which was confirmed after I'd already said it. Um, because then you can play it off Nostradamus. of... Yeah, basically. So now you can play it off that, like... For romantic blurkers, you can play it off that, like, she wasn't interested until she realized, like, the person she, she like, thought that she loved now is with somebody else. So she's going to, like, um, look for... She, it's been six years! <laughs> like, it's it's not to say that she doesn't really, like, like Neela. It's that, like, she kind of thought that she was going to have this thing and she needs human contact. And, like, oh, that's, like, Nia, a very, Nia, like, friendly, Nia nice relationship that she had in the past. What? Nyla knows the deal. She knows. She knows yeah, what I'm tra- I, I wanted to make sure it wasn't, like, me, like, just, like, Nyla's, like, second choice in a sense. But it's it's more, like, their friendship is what it is. Yeah, um, like, they, it, they are adults. There's no lost love and, and there's no, like, conflation of being more... Yeah. Um, because that's not what Nila wants. I yeah. said this wrong. Nyla. Nyla. I don't think I'll ever call her Nyla. I'll just always call her Nila. I'm so I sorry. kind of just like gave up. I was like, you know what? This is your thing. It maybe it's a power <laughs> move. Maybe like misremembering her name is like on purpose, like kind of like one of those like No, I think I purposely no, I, I like by default always pronounce my eyes as like um short eyes. Huh. Like Iran. <laughs> Italy. Um, 
impossible. Do you do you have more Balark thoughts on? Uh, well, of course. So the Balark the Balark explanation <laughs> trying, trying is to, trying to you know do my job, I guess. <laughs> Covering all bases, yeah. So everyone who does not like Balark, stop watching. Um, well, so I mean, it, again, it goes back to the campfire talk about how like um, the Balark sense is that she she wanted to say um, I wasn't alone. Because I basically had you that I had talked to every single day. But, of course, it's also, it is about, like, she did have Maddie, too. Like, not to minimize that. Um, but it is, it's like, she did have this, like, adult partnership with this person that she talked to every single day. Um, and so... She had from, a Wilson. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I think that in talking to him, he, she kind of puts him on a pedestal. And um, any feelings that were romantic that she had for him that maybe, like, she didn't realize or, like, they weren't just there yet or whatever, um, I think after 2,199 days of talking to him um, kind of came to the forefront. So, like, it was kind of this thing that, like, maybe she, again, she was not even aware of it until she saw that and realized that, like, this thing she didn't know she wanted um, now is in a possibility. And so now she Um, wants it even more. Yeah, and as as someone who has, like, has felt jealous feelings before like I totally like get it like I I get like it's not even just like oh they love it's like it's like how do I even have this friendship anymore because where do I fit in like what is the priority what is the how do I talk to them like can I not do this can I not do like it's so it's like a lot of like uncertainty and there's no rules and like how are you how are you supposed to know what the rules are and so it's like it does feel like a loss um and so in that moment to me, she did look sad and shocked. And, and like, if we're going to compare moments, she looked very similar to how she looked when she saw Finn kiss Raven when um, in season one, when that happened, you know, that was I also mean, like a I, surprise that she like it happened right in front of her exactly the same way. But I, I also think that part of that, once again, like part of that look is also like, like you couldn't have fucking told me. But, like, but why would he have told her? Where would it come? Like, by the way, I have a girlfriend. Like, that's awkward, especially because, like, she's alive. Oh, like, no, it's for such sure. a huge like, thing. Super, like, him dating weird. someone feels so small compared to the fact that she's alive. But, like, this person not, saved like, them all. Have a conversation? But, like, do, how much have they talked about? Like, there's, there's some, like, she basically, he's asking how she survived. So they clearly haven't had a lot of time to talk about things. I'm just saying, like, they don't have smartphones. They have a lot of time to walk in the goddamn desert. <laughs> You're playing devil's advocate. I get it. <laughs> do, you, um, do you have any question, Balark-related questions, Shaheen? Like, now that, you know, we have we have a resident expert on readings of any and all, and encyclopedic knowledge of any and all Balark scenes? Yes. Uh, I think I'm good. Yeah. Did your pizza ever show up? Um, I have no idea what happened to my pizza. It's still on the okay. way. I guess what um, I'm confused so is how they're not making this a love triangle. I don't know. Like that's I think they're 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 slow burning the shit out of this too. So we we like I don't know when we'll get a real answer. Yeah, which is super fun. Um, we it's we've gone like way over today. Um, no. let's we started uh, late. Let's does anyone have any well actuallys that we haven't covered? Uh, and it's or fine. other thoughts? We don't have to, man. Well, actually, I can... You had a little bit of a worm thought, Shaheen. Excuse yeah. Me. <laughs> I had my well, actually, with the, with the worms. Oh, I did have one. But it, it seems me mean to echo again, but it's not. It's, okay, if, if Mount Weather had not blown up, mm-hmm. where would 
Sky Crew and the Grounders being, or one crew, be now? Or I guess there wouldn't be one crew. They would have a bunker with missiles for Allegis. They would have blown each other up like fuck, you know? Well, how do you blow up a mountain? You had to blow it up from inside the mountain. I mean... Yeah, I mean, the whole Mount Weather blowing up in season three was so that they could then... Not have a bunker present. to go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that the prime fire would be a problem. Yeah, and it was a problem. Yeah. <sighs> All right, that was a good. That was a good one. Um, any other thoughts? You you had mm-hmm. some here, Shaheen. Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> I mean, seeing as Dioza wastes three bullets um, to get attention, I just want to. I would like it count uh, like a number of bullets same with abby's <laughs> like pills i just want to know how many we're dealing with yeah. yeah you would think there's less than they make it look like it's a fair <laughs> question um tv shows that any of us are watching save the expanse save the Sing expanse again. um shaheen um uh, no i i watch Mr. Show with Bob and David for comfort, which is probably what I'm going to do after this traumatic podcast. <laughs> dramatic or traumatic? Traumatic. Podcast. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. I'm so sorry. Um, I would recommend people check out Killing Eve. Um, oh, right. You did recommend that. It's about a female assassin and this... Sandra O. Oh, Sandra O. Oh, um, is trying to catch her and it's like weird and funny and like... It's it's good. It's good. I definitely recommend checking it out. I think you can stream it on like BBC America if you have cable or something like that. Um, anything else, you guys? Sorry, we ran, we ran long. I had all the motivation in the world to wrangle, and then halfway through, I was like, let's <laughs> let's not keep this in mind next time. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> we had some fun conversation. Well, whatever. No, it was terrible. Sorry, everyone. Um, maybe next time Shaheen will wrangle. Okay, bye. <laughs> oh wait, I'm sorry. Maybe, Maybe geek geek again. again. Take it easy, guys. <laughs>